What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Loy Lee, and I'm with a buddy of mine, Tunan Vu. How you doing, man? Doing fantastic. How are you? I'm phenomenal. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, we're drinking beer. You're going to yeah. play some guitar. We're going to talk. It's going to be fun. Tunan, uh, he's a musician, a guitarist, singer. I uh, met him not too long ago, but we've become best friends since. And uh, he brought some beer. Tell us about the beer. What'd you bring? All right. So, uh, cheers. Cheers. <laughs> I'm going to leave you hanging. So, um, I'm not a beer nerd by any means. Um, too late. But uh, <laughs> there's a beer from Three Stars, a DC local kind of brewery. And uh, it's a porter. It's called Zombie Date Night. And it's, yeah, it's a porter with cherries and cocoa nibs. So this is the first time we're doing this together, and he brings zombie date night. So uh, let's see how this goes. Well, uh, <laughs> it's, it's going to go really well, because what I found out was this is 9.6%. Oh, shit. So um, good thing we're staying in, right? <laughs> we are now. I, I mean, we might be going streaking in the quad later on, but we're going to have a good time. Uh, so tell me, uh, so you're from Virginia Beach? From Virginia Beach. I, I don't know. I've been in Maryland for three years now. I've been in Maryland for three years, too, now. So I don't know if I should be claiming Maryland now or not. That's, that's the funny thing. People in Virginia say, you know, fuck Maryland. Maryland, oh, fuck Virginia. Yeah, it's yeah. exactly the same thing. It's exactly the same thing yeah, to me. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, uh, but I, it's different because for me, I don't associate Virginia Beach with the DMV. So I was mm. always told the DMV is like the metro line, right? Yes. So wherever the metro line touches. Yep. So Virginia Beach is way south. I mean, we're talking three, four hours away. And yeah, I, I, when I moved here, I lived in Virginia in Woodbridge for a few months when I first moved out this way. Which is like 45 minutes south. Right. Here. Yeah. And uh, Woodbridge onward, I feel very, very different than people out here. Yeah, because uh, Virginia Beach is very uh, military. There's a lot of military bases out there, right? A lot of military. But you know what? Like, look at how we're dressed right now. You're, you're from, well, I don't want to say you're from California. You've lived in California for a long time. Yes. I don't know what home base is exactly is for I, you. I don't know where home base is for me anymore. But, I, was, I was born in Boston. Right. I spent like adult years, 10 years in LA, and I've been here three. So I don't really know where home base is. So I'll say this much. You and I are dressed almost identically right now <laughs> True. you know yep. like um if there's any uh people who are non-asian that are watching this they're gonna say man asian people do look alike right now <laughs> true very true but what i'm getting at is, is that like i feel like the fashion sense that we have it's very like more beach style like you're you're within a perimeter of a beach yes you know yes uh, I, I think um laid back uh i don't i mean your shirt looks iron i don't i i specifically never iron anything i don't iron anything and it only looks iron because i just bought this shirt <laughs> give, it, store give, it one, give it one one wash <laughs> give it three days it'll be behind something behind a cabinet somewhere uh, yeah, and you know, I would button my shirt all the way up, but my yeah. neck is too fat. Really? Like, my neck doesn't fit my chest, and my arms are too short, so I have to roll up my sleeves and, like, make it look like I'm on the beach somewhere. This shirt makes me look like, um, it's, it's pretty fitted for me, mm -hmm. but I mean, I still cuff my sleeves, and it's a short sleeve shirt, like, I mean... Which way is the gun <laughs> show, sir? I'm just curious. There's nothing here. <laughs> nothing to show. I, I'm at that age where it's like... Uh, do I want to die earlier? Do I want to work out? <laughs> I think I'll figure it out tomorrow. That's I do a little bit of both. I, <laughs> I, I indulge as I want, mm -hmm. but I also work out. So it's a gamble, you know? I look at the menu and go, how? 
how many miles do I have to run to work this off? I'll take a salad. I'm not running at all, ever. I'll, I'll drink my calories in beer. Yeah. Uh, so how yeah. did you... Uh, so you're not a beer snob? I'm not. I, I'm curious about beer where I, I, I've got people in my office that I work with that are all about it. They tell me more than I would ever... I don't want to say more than I'd ever care to know, but um, it's really interesting. Like, uh, Aslan is out in... Uh, Herndon, Virginia, and I think they're the best brewery that's out right now. Is that the lion from the from Narnia? You know what? You don't even watch that. He, here's the thing: <laughs> I'm so ashamed because I'm a Christian, and I know that like you know people love that movie, but I actually am not a big fan of watching movies. Really, Christians like Narnia? It's it's a Christian inspired like yeah, like the lion's supposed to be I think Jesus or something like that. I guess wow, yeah, huh. C.S. C.S. Lewis, right? Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't he was. That. He was like a. Um, if I remember correctly, which I could be wrong, and I hope you guys correct me, um, if I am. But I believe he was an atheist that converted to Christianity. Not to do a whole like thing on religion or anything, but yeah. That's interesting. That because atheism doesn't usually go that way. No. Normally, you start off Norm- as a Christian. <laughs> right. you, you experience some crazy shit, and you go, you know what? I'm good with this. I'm going to be an atheist. Right. Right. Huh. No, that makes sense because uh, darkness, winter covers the land, and then Aslan comes back. Okay. Wow, that went deep for a beer conversation. <laughs> uh, is this, so is this what you normally drink, just generally? I drink a lot of porters and stouts, you know? I've been getting into the New England-style IPAs a lot. Okay, like uh, Red Hook or... Um, just No, it's just like more like the style. So like um, it's an actual style, so it's um, where you... If I'm saying this uh, right, it's an IPA, but it's unfiltered. Okay. So actually, um, it's a little bit thicker. Mm. Um, in in um, is it uh, viscosity and viscous? Is that what? Yeah. In so balance, it's thicker. right? Yeah. So um, it's it, and they call them juicy IPAs too. I don't like IPAs. I know before we I'm we linked up, um, you said yeah, I'm just not a big fan of IPAs. Me neither. But the juicy IPAs, the New England style IPAs. I mean, Boston's doing something right. <laughs> okay, uh, you know this this whole IPA thing is like it, I don't enjoy the taste. We go to a lot of breweries. I, whenever we right. drive somewhere, I take my wife to like brewery. We've been to like twelve in Maine. We've been to like five in in New Hampshire. Right. Uh, IPAs just don't do it for me. I, it doesn't hit for me either. But the juicy ones, okay. the, the New England style. Which uh, you know what? I'm glad that we're talking about this because. I know that with this being our first episode, I think that the, this is a great concept, right? Right. Two Asian guys drinking beer. I don't know what the title is for this, but uh, I know we, we said we discussed it a little bit more, but mm. I get the Asian glow. I don't know if you do. I don't, not, not normally. Whiskey, not normally? whiskey will do it. Oh, me. so I need to bring whiskey next time. Don't bring whiskey. Because <laughs> uh, we'll be fighting. Because <laughs> that's how I make friends. In Boston, you're like, oh. <laughs> You get drunk, you're like, fuck you. You wrestle, you get to a fist fight, and now you become best friends. What, what is that about Boston? Like, is it, is it that violent of a place? It's not violent. It's just very aggressive. Right. And I think that was the biggest thing with, like, my wife. She's a, she's a, Northern, Cali, uh, she's a Northern Cali girl. Right. She's uh, very laid back in most cases, and I'm just overly aggressive sometimes. You yeah. know, she's like, hey, you want to, like, no, I don't. She's like, whoa. <laughs> like, no, that's just, that's just how I talk. I, no, negative. None of the above, and she gets. Uh, I see like that, uh, that the terrorized bunny look in her eyes sometimes. Just like, right. 
oh, I'm a monster. I apologize. You knew that. You knew that before you married me. I'm a monster, uh, which is aggressive, you know? Yeah. And that's how you make friends. You don't know what it's like uh, to get drunk, get into a fight, and then be invited to that person's like daughter's birthday or something the mm. next week. And you're like, oh, this is seems normal. I moved to L.A., got into a fist fight, and uh, the guy wanted to stab me afterwards. And I was like, oh, this is not how this works. I thought we were supposed to be best <laughs> friends. I think he won. But uh, yeah, no, it's New England. You know, when half of your year is cold and miserable, you make friends as fast as possible. You know what? That's very logical because that's why there's so many serial killers that come out of Wisconsin. So it's like, uh, you know, it's so cold and you don't see a lot of sunshine. And they're, um, I think uh, five of the top 10 drunkest cities are in Wisconsin. And what's in Wisconsin? Uh, Madison. Madison, Milwaukee. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Milwaukee. Yes. Yeah. Milwaukee's a fun city. Yeah. If you like to drink subpar American beer. Mm. Cheese. Cheese is. I'm lactose. That is the Asian in me. I am lactose. We're going to discuss a lot of Asian things. Um, this might be a very uh, culturally educational yeah. thing as we move forward, right? Were you, were you born here? I was born in Malaysia. I'm actually a refugee. Okay. Um, I, my family left Vietnam after mm-hmm. the war and everything. Actually, a while after the war. My, my parents got say, caught. You're not, you're not that old. Right. <laughs> <laughs> my, my parents got caught a few times now. Oh, wow. And the crazy thing is, is my, uh, if, and I'm not sure if my siblings lied to me about this story. Oh, shit. Um, but I was told that basically my father got into like um, a drunken slumber with his friends. In Vietnamese, there's this thing where you go and hang out with your your boys, drink, have a good time, and there's always like an appetizer of some sort. They call it nyo, right? Okay. So they they went and had a bit of a bender one night, and I guess he'd made a promise to somebody that, um, all right, you know, tomorrow morning or tomorrow or the next week or something like that, we'll get on your fishing boat and we'll just leave. And so um, that's what happened. He he woke up my two older sisters who are 10 plus years older than me um, and said, hey, just get a few outfits. We're going on a field trip Shit. the next day. And, you know, my mom was pregnant at the time. With you. With me. Mm-hmm. And then we left on a fishing boat at like three in the morning, went out landed in Malaysia. My mom was still pregnant when they landed. And then I was born in this refugee camp. And then we got sponsored by a church group in Michigan. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. It's so your passport. My passport's American. I, I, um, I didn't know this. Here's an even to add on to that story and make it awkward, right? So what happens is um, I didn't get my citizenship until I was in sixth grade, I want to say. Okay. And what's awkward about that is the whole time I thought I was an American citizen. And I remember my mom taking me out of school one day, her and my little sister. Um, and we went to the, uh, what is it, INS for mm-hmm. uh, naturalization and everything like that. And she took her test. And we sat, me and my little sister sat in there, you know, just not knowing anything. And then my mom said, you know, do you want to go get fall afterwards? Like uh, the noodle soup and everything. And I was like, all right. So we went eight. And then she was like, yeah. So we're celebrating right now. I was like, celebrating what? She's like, I just became a U.S. citizen. And so did you guys because I passed. And I said, <laughs> oh, cool. Mind you, like, you know, when you're in fifth grade, right. you know, all this, you learn about like American history. And it hit me like, had my mom gotten into any trouble and my family had to be deported, my family 
would have went to Vietnam. Actually, my little sister would have been fine. She was born in California. Mm -hmm. But I would have been deported to Malaysia because that's where my birth certificate was. Wow. So, good thing I didn't do any dumb shit. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, could you imagine just being like, where, just generally, like, wherever your grandparents were born, right. you, get, you fuck up, DUI, anything, you have to get back to wherever right. they're born. Like, people don't think about that. Like, a lot of, especially American kids, right. they're just like, oh, I'm a fucking American. My parents are American. My grandparents are from Italy. Right. You're like, you are one person away from being deported. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's pretty interesting. I I was telling this story to somebody uh, years ago, and they were kind of like, well, that's good that it worked out the way it did. And they seemed like they had a really vested interest in my story. And I was like, do you know something? Like, did you have an experience or something like that? And they're like, actually, my neighbor's, um, my neighbor's son, they're Ethiopian, and their son, I guess, was getting bullied at school. And he brought like a knife to school and they got into a lot of trouble because their son did something, you know, and, and it's really sad because like, you know, one, kids are very cruel in yeah. general, you know, yep. and then two, the parents didn't really understand like what was going on because I'm, I'm sure like um, even if they try to explain bullying as far as like there might be a language barrier, not to say definitively that's what right. happened, but but there's a lot of parameters that go outside of just the regular bullying. You but know what I mean? Could you imagine like having to explain to your first generation parents about being bullied in America? Like, did you get beat up? No. Yeah. Did did you did you die? Right. No. Then they're fine. They're just calling you names. It's it's <laughs> it's rough, man. It's I get rough. it. But you know, like your parents survived the fall of Saigon. Your parents saw some shit, right? Sure. Like, so wait, they were just calling you names? That's it. Just calling you names? Get the fuck out of here. Go home. <laughs> well, I think this is um, on par with kind of like what I kind of mentioned. So like, I know for me with discussing this and kind of doing this, um, I wanted to try to find humor in, in living life as... Uh, an Asian male in this country, right? I think, I think you've got a different perspective because your, your parents are American like as far as they're born here. Yep. My grandparents, great-grandparents, right. they're all born here. So then me and my conflict is like I watch, I mean, I, I went through this, I grew up in a very white community, a very wealthy white community and there was this sliver of um, very, like we live in Section 8 housing growing up, but it was like, enough of like low income to balance out the the school district you know what i mean you want to shout them out you want to shout out the the part of town shout it out what up great neck <laughs> virginia beach two up two down you know what two i'm saying two two, <laughs> two up two down <laughs> <laughs> stupid that's what we do out there man um but it was like the cox area first colonial um it, no shame in it you know what i mean the shout nice out to the first second and third colonial just <laughs> right if that's a thing i don't know it might not be I don't know. But it, it was, you know, like, the, the thing is, is, when I reflect on it, when you're kids, you don't really understand the, the money separation, how the classes work. When you're kids, yes. for the most part, I mean, you might have nice things. Like, I knew I always wanted to go over um, to, like, certain friends' houses because they had, like, the new game system. Like, I didn't need to have it. I just knew, hey, it's Saturday. Right. What's up? Can I come over? You know, and, that, and that's, I, I think that's the thing that kids don't understand now is that not everybody had all of the games right like you went to the person who had the game i bought a i remember i think i was in 
third grade. Maybe it was, uh, maybe, no, I think it was like third, fourth grade when Nintendo 64 first came out. And my friend got one, right? Yep. And I was like, man, this is so dope. Like, this is so awesome. You got Mario Kart 64 because it's one of the first games that came out. That came with the system. (laughs) Right, right. And I remember at the time I loved wrestling so much. Like, it was WWF back then. That's how old the story is. It wasn't WWE yet. And I remember buying the WCW versus NWO game. The best game ever. But I didn't have a system. I just bought the game so that I could bring it over to a friend's house. You know what I mean? Like, that's how it worked for me. That's awesome. Like, I wish I had friends that would just buy the game so I didn't have to buy it because I had the system. That's awesome. But it was like kind of like a trade-off because it's like, oh, can you let me borrow the game? It's like, nah, man, I got to hold on to this. (laughs) This is like, you know what I mean? (laughs) My key into your house. Like, this cost me like, you know... Like two Christmas money, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> Christmas, uh, 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 Chinese New Year, Chinese. and a Christmas and a birthday money. <laughs> like, no, nah, I'm not letting this thing go. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because uh, you know, my experience is that right. I don't. Everyone always try to paint me into like, oh, you're the Asian guy, you're the Asian kid. Oh, tell me about this, and I was like. I couldn't even turn around and ask my mom about stuff. I was like, because yeah. she wouldn't know. Like, hey, what's right. the, whatever. Go, yeah. go to the Encyclopedia Britannica. You figure it out. Right. Now right. I can Google anything. But, you know, not fitting in on either side was very, very difficult. Right. Very difficult. I mean, you speak Vietnamese, yes? I speak Vietnamese well enough to have a conversation. Yeah. I only know the bad words in Chinese. That's enough. And <laughs> I don't, first of all. I think that my defense mechanism is I ask somebody who speaks Cantonese right. in Cantonese right. if they speak Cantonese. Right. Right. Not that I want to know the answer, but it gives them the understanding that, oh, he doesn't speak Cantonese <laughs> whatsoever. His accent is so horrible. So I ask that to get it out of the way, and they know right off that bat, and they're like, let's just speak English. <laughs> at least in Vietnamese, like, at least you have an but, idea. But you know what? Like, I think they appreciate that, the effort. You know what I mean? I mean, you've traveled a lot internationally. I think Chinese people do not really. I think if you're if you're white, and I think that's what it is. if you're not Chinese right. and you speak even the most minute amount of Chinese, people respect that. Right. But when you're when you look Chinese yeah. and you speak it horribly, they disrespect you even that much more. <laughs> I got you. It's like when <laughs> I speak Spanish, Mexican people are like, "Oh my God, that is amazing!" Right. If I looked Spanish, if I if I look Spanish and I didn't speak Spanish, everyone would be like, "You're a fucking disgrace." Yeah, you're you're a phony. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, I I get that perspective. I mean, not that I agree with it, but I like, you know, if you live there and you're like, "Oh, you're coming to your homeland," okay, uh, you're doing a very poor <laughs> effort. Like, you got you're supposed to be like have more money. Right. Like, you couldn't get the educational. <laughs> Well, what's crazy is we're going to the Philippines. Uh, I'm taking right. my wife to the Philippines. Uh, let me rephrase that. My wife is taking me to the Philippines okay. to, to see her family. And I remember them asking her when we first started dating, like, oh, my God, he's Chinese. Is he rich? And I was oh. like, I tell dick jokes for a living. <laughs> so, no, I am not. And she comes from a family of, like, doctors and, like, nurses. Right. So it's, like, it's going to be very interesting. The Filipino people are very big in the nurses. They are. Yeah. And, and, you know, her family has stuff. You know, like, they right. own stuff. <laughs> you go, yeah. She grew up with a nanny. I was like, I didn't, I, my mom was a nanny. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's very interesting how, you know, the different cultures perceive things and how I don't fit into any of it. Like, I don't. 
Uh, I don't. And I think really, that's a good thing, right? I mean, that's what America's about. Is like that's what they want you to think. Okay. They just go because even now, like even now, people are like oh non Asian people will come up to me like oh do you speak Chinese? Like no, I don't speak Chinese. Like oh you should. <laughs> like why do you speak German? Do you speak <laughs> you know? Do you speak right? Whatever you know y- your family speaks. Do you speak Italian? But like no, I mean my mother speaks English. Okay, what about your grandparents? Oh yeah, my grandparents don't even speak the language. You know, so it's. Yeah. It's very strange in America how people just perceive you to be one thing, and Asians specifically being right. like, my uh, my idea of Asians should be X, Y, and Z. Right. And when you don't fit that, people just go, oh, that's weird. But they never take that X, Y, Z and apply it to themselves. Right, right. Yeah. No, uh, I I agree. Yeah. So they go, oh, you don't speak or you don't know or you don't – they ask you some obscure question like, oh, do you know what the – I was born in 1947. What's my what's my sign? It's like I don't fucking know, dog. <laughs> Whatever. It's a dog. It's a panda. Whatever you want. Like you don't know. It's like no. I'm not a fucking Chinese takeout menu. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I grew up in Boston, so a lot of that was. I grew right. up in Chinatown in Boston and didn't learn to speak Chinese whatsoever. Yeah, that's strange. Well, I mean, there wasn't many Vietnamese people in Virginia Beach, mm-hmm. but my the rule that was in my house was. You go out, you can speak English all day because you're around, you know, other kids and mm-hmm. your teachers and your friends and all that. You get home, no English in the house when you're speaking to me. So I think that's why, like, when I moved out here, I was very shy about my Vietnamese, and I still am. Um, I was taking Vietnamese classes for a little bit, but I had to stop because um, I had some other stuff that I need to take care of first. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, uh, when I moved out here, people started hearing me speak Vietnamese, and they're like, Wow. You speak Vietnamese pretty well. Mm. You're you're pronouncing all your words right, your accent, and you're very polite the way that you speak. And the thing is, is like Vietnamese can be very disrespectful with how they talk because <laughs> it's just like, you know, it's kind of like how you and I talk. I'm right. sure it's like not not any more disrespectful. It's just very casual conversation, right? right? right. But I guess the way that I speak is very refined in Vietnamese mm. because the only person I spoke to was my mom. So I speak to everybody like I'm talking to my mom. mom. <laughs> like like a seven-year-old speaking to my mom. Like, you know, like you got to bow. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, and it's interesting. Um, when, yeah, like like language and respect. Like there's a, there's a right way to say it and there's, right. a, like, there's a way to not say it. And if you, yeah, it, it's, it's strange. Like uh, people are just like, oh, you speak. Like people come to me like, oh, you speak English like really polite. And I was like. I don't know how bad do you want me to speak. Like this is, right. you know, uh, what did you expect? But that's that's good though. That's good that you surprise people in a good way. Right, right. Well, it's funny because, um, and this is something that I advocate a lot since I moved out here. Um, I help out with this like festival called Viet Fest. Okay. So like out in uh, Tyson's Corner, like of course, right. <laughs> so it's this big like um, Vietnamese festival, um, just showcasing culture and the thing that's great about it is it's multi-general okay. uh, generational i mean okay multi-generational where you're seeing a broad scope so certain vietnamese events i've gone to i felt very outcasted because it's like oh it's this like older crowd or they're keeping really old traditions mm-hmm. which is fine there's nothing wrong with that but as someone who primarily grew up in america it makes me feel like oh i don't fit in right where something like this you're seeing um all ages you know young old in between, whatever, and they really want to showcase everybody. And I competed in Mr. Vietfest, which is like a male pageant thing, which it's funny because it's not that I'm ashamed of it. I, I really don't like talking about it because um, I feel like uh, 
I just don't like bragging about myself in that stuff. And it's and it's just kind of like pageantry is pageantry. It's pageantry, right? Um, but nonetheless, I did my own thing about it. I was kind of goofy, and I ended up being runner up for it. Oh. And, and it was it was really exciting. I did it so I can meet people and feel connected to my community and everything mm-hmm. like that. And um, I remember the day of the event. So we'd gone through rehearsals and practice and day of the event, they said, you know, um, what's your introduction like? Let's, let's kind of like go through it so you can mm-hmm. practice some of the people who are coaching people, you know, okay. the contestants. And I said, okay, so I did it. And then I said, do you think I should speak Vietnamese? And I said, uh, and they said, yeah, you know, if you can, you should try it <laughs> because the whole time, like right. if you look at me, I mean, for a lack of better term, I'm pretty whitewashed with right. it. And, and a lot of what my interests and things like that. So I spoke in Vietnamese and I said it. And it was these two girls that were in the room that were coaching, that were, you know, around my age. Were they cute? They're, they're pretty cute, man. Nope. <laughs> and it was just so funny because, like, I remember their jaw dropping. And they were just like, oh, my gosh. One, I, I did not know that you could speak Vietnamese. Two, they're like, that was like the cutest thing. Like, just how just how you speak is kind of like a little soft spoken. Right. Because again, it's like I only talk to my mom, right? I don't know why you keep on calling me mom, but okay. And, and, and they're like, it's just like very endearing, and right. you, you know, just your tone and how you carry like um, carry yourself about it when you're speaking. And I was like, all right, I guess I'm gonna do this. So I went up to do my introduction to speak Vietnamese. Messed up instantly, and I was like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm not doing that. You messed up? I messed up immediately. And like, but it was cool because like I kind of laughed it off. And you know, like first off, I didn't take the the pageantry thing too seriously because mm-hmm. it's not anything that um I wanted to do my best, but that didn't mean that I cared to win first place. You know what I mean? Okay. I wanted yeah, to do yeah. well enough where I, I got to meet people. I could be proud of like, you know, like my performance and stuff like that. You wanted to honor your family's name. (laughs) (laughs) I got to keep the dynasty strong. (laughs) Do it for the family, for the ancestors. Well, it's, you know, the funny thing about that is, um, I've got three sisters, two older, one younger. Mm -hmm. And so my two older sisters are married with kids. My younger sister just got engaged. And so I'm, I'm the only one that's not married. And they're like, you know, they're like, what's wrong with you? What are you doing wrong? You know? Mm. And I was like, you know what? You're right to be concerned because I'm the one that's keeping the family name and that dynasty strong. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm holding out. I'm waiting for you guys to die to leave me some money so I can go stun on some bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you just, you don't want just anybody, right? Like this is, we got to keep our legacy, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, uh, am I the only, I think I'm the last viable Lee in my family. So, on, what, so, so how are you carrying that on? I know you're a married None man. None of your business. I'm a married man. <laughs> I'm a gentleman, god damn it. No, I'm thinking because, yeah, I won't go into details, but let's go with I'm probably the only viable Lee. Okay. And, and I've got, there's nine kids in my family. Wow. Just not all of them are Lees. Right. <laughs> nine kids, seven parents, four divorces. Right, yeah, right. I think I'm the only, yeah, I think. You're getting up there. Your parents weren't worried about, you know, Carrying the the legacy of that name, they were worried about making an army. Yeah, I think my family is just <laughs> so far gone from like that. Like, oh, the name's gotta live on. Like, right. we're just kind of like, just be happy. Like, just just go forth. 
don't live in my basement. <laughs> you know, just whatever you do. Whatever you do. Nah, but it's I think it's different. You know what I mean? Like again, like there's that cultural clash of what is supposed to be and what it really is of you know, just and it's also it's not just Asian people. It's like kind of the pressures and the parameters that people kind of stereotype what Asians should be. Yeah, there's enough Vu's out there. There's enough Lee's out there. Like, right. I don't think... The name's not dying. Sure, right. our DNA maybe, but, like, not really. It's like, there's enough Lee's. There's enough Lee's out there. Yeah. There's enough Vu's. Relax. It's not like we live in a village where there's only one Vu family and it's got to gotta stake our claim. Yeah. It's weird. It's very strange. I don't... Um, you know, kids... Have you have you been to a Costco on a Friday night, on a Saturday morning, on a Sunday afternoon? No, but I've hung around my nieces where I'm like, oh my god, I'm so glad to see you guys. And then by the end of that hour, I'm like, here you go. All right, here we go. Right back at you. <laughs> it's broken. <laughs> yep. Um, you know, I I had some family in town, and uh, it was you know the kids are fine, but right. kids are kids, and I just kind of go, oh. I don't think I want kids. You know, we took them to the museum. It's fine. You know, they were fine. Like, I, I, they were definitely worse kids in the museum. Right. But you sit there and go, like, um, one's four and one's seven. I don't know why we're at a freaking museum. One doesn't care and the other one's not going to remember. Right. Uh, you just kind of figure that. I feel that way about, like, theme parks when parents take their kids who are, like, really, really tiny yeah. to the theme parks. I mean, I'm sure it's great for pictures and going down memory lane, but... I've definitely, um, there's this picture, I haven't seen it in a long, long time, but I remember when I was in high school, looking at this picture when I was at Disneyland, because mm-hmm. I lived in California for a short stint, and I looked really cool in the picture. Oh, shit. I look pretty dumb, but, you know, when something's dumb, it's just so dumb, it's cool sometimes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Post Malone. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of which... <laughs> No, he's he's awesome, but uh, he just looks like a uh, fat shallow above. Yeah, he looks like um, you know. It, it's funny because that old old country road. Yeah, is you know everyone's like, oh, he's a black guy, you know, basically playing a caricature of a country singer. It's like Post Malone's a white guy playing a character caricature of a rapper. Like, right? Relax. It's like um, Tropic Thunder, right? With yeah. Robert Downey Jr. But it's only one way. If it's a black guy being playing Robert Downey Jr., right? It would be like, oh my god, you can't do that! Like he just did it. He literally, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's one and the same, and people just it's uh, when it comes to race in America, it's like it's a one way street. Yeah. Uh, somebody wrote it on Twitter, so I'm not taking claim for it. But someone was like, white people want to blackface everything but Jesus. Mm. 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 Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, now they're going to have a, uh, who's uh, Black Panther? Chad, Chadwick? Bozeman. Bozeman. Yeah. He's going to play a black samurai. Huh. Yeah. They found the one black samurai in all the samurai history, and he's going to star in it. Is that a thing? Is that like a real thing? It's a real historical thing. But the funny oh, thing okay. is, like, do we have an Asian guy playing a main character that a story's around where he's a samurai? Do you remember the Dave Chappelle episode of like with Paul Mooney, and he was like he was like, uh, oh, last samurai. He was like, he was Tom like, Hanks Tom Hanks played the last. <laughs> he was like, let Tom Hanks play the last N word on <laughs> Earth, right? Yeah. Like it was just like, oh, because Tom Cruise played like the last yep. samurai, and I was like, 
You know, I kind of feel that way. I have so many more issues with uh, with Last Samurai other than Tom Cruise being the Last Samurai. Like the thing that bothers me is he kills a samurai. That's fine. Right. He learns to be a samurai over like winter break, which is also a rehab stint. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like almost a music man montage. Right. And then he ends up sleeping with the the wife of the samurai he killed, and he's like taking the guy, the samurai that he killed, armor into battle. Okay. I was like, wow, that's... Huh. Hmm. That seems pretty disrespectful. Yeah, a lot. Right. And it's like, forget that. There's so many other things where you're just kind of like, oh, of course he's the last samurai. All the guys that have been trying to be a samurai all of their life, they see this one guy be a samurai over like three months and right. fuck it, I quit. Keep it. Are you going to promote that guy? You're gonna yeah. promote- I'm out of here. Fuck this place. Makes sense. You know what I don't see white people doing? Just open up nail salons. Nobody wants to do that job. But yeah, I guess I shouldn't say they don't. Actually, it was really funny. I remember there's um, in Virginia Beach once. This one, I want to say this is like eight years ago, maybe. There's an ad on the radio. I was driving, and they're like promoting this nail salon, and then the tagline at the end was like, "And we all speak English," and I was like. <laughs> That sounds like Virginia Beach, though. It, it, it's, you know, Virginia Beach is a little southern uh, still, you know? We we don't dress like that, but I think that, um, and I don't think they're, like, super southern. They just have southern antics. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. You know, like, we still put gravy on our biscuits. Okay. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like... You know the the thing about growing up in the in the in the north in the north carpetbagger over here, uh, you hear about the Civil War, you hear about DC, you hear about Richmond, you hear about Virginia, but no one tells you like Virginia literally is right there. Like Virginia right. is across a small river. Right. And when I moved here, that was like the biggest thing. I was like, DC's right. Like this is the worst place to have the capital. Yeah. Nobody tells me it's like. Oh. It was centric at the time, given the 13 colonies. But it's funny because I told somebody, like, yeah, you're, you're technically in the South. And they're like, Virginia's not South. And I was like, what do you mean? Richmond was the capital of the South. Like, how can you say that? Yep. I mean, I understand maybe Alabama or those places are more stuck in, like, the, the traditional Southern right. ways, right? In whatever they do. I mean, I'm not saying that in a racist way or mm-hmm. anything. I'm just saying, like, just, like, the when it comes to the accent or mm-hmm. whatever you associate Southern things to be, you know? Um, and I was like, you know, Richmond was the capital of the South. You can't argue that. That's a, that's, that's a fact, you know what I mean? The like, capital's Richmond. Richmond is the capital of Virginia. Virginia is the capital of the South, by definition. I like to joke with people who are, like, really, pr- like, proud of the South and everything like that. I'm like... You know, it's cool. Like, I'm proud of the South, too. I'm from South Vietnam, you know? We also lost a war. When people yeah. start, when people start talking... When people start talking... <laughs> yeah, we're, we're both 0-1 in wars. <laughs> no, you know, when people are like, oh, this, the, the, the Confederate flag, it's part, of our, it's part of our history. It's part of our... Right. And you go, yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm waving the British flag because that's part of our culture, too. Right. That's part uh, of our history. It's... it's tough because like you know i made that joke that like about like being south vietnam and losing yep. a war and like my father fought for rights you know what i mean like as far as like what they consider freedom and yep. everything like that and when i look at that and i try to compare it to like the south and like what they fought for i'm like 
you guys didn't fight for the same thing we did. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. It's 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 but, a different. You know, thing. now that I live here, I feel like I don't know if it's the time or if it's I I live here, but I feel like I hear so many more storylines to the Civil War, which in the South they don't call it the Civil War; they call it the Battle of Northern Aggression. I haven't heard that. No, you have okay. But I've maybe heard, I need to go down further. I've heard it where it's like the Battle of Northern Aggression, and it's yeah. just kind of like a footnote, like it happened. They don't give you the box score. They don't give you the, the that's, outcome. That's like England, too, with like the Revolutionary War. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, and, you know, the thing that bothers me about like the Colin Kaepernick thing, forget the why, the what. Like, he protested. And he was right. like, he's not a patriot. I'm like, protesting, isn't that the most patriotic thing you could do? Like, right, right. I, I feel like that's, if anything, right. protesting and rebelling is the most American thing you can do. Right. He's not a patriot. He's not American. You're like, I think that's part of our heritage. <laughs> the Tea Party? He grew a really big fro. That fro was really big. If I could do it, I'd do it. No, it, it looked cool, but I'm just saying, like, uh, like that right, thing was huge. I'm growing my Pause. <laughs> Pause. <laughs> big old black huge. <laughs> it looked dry, though. He needed a little bit of grease. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm growing, growing my hair out, but I'm not getting a fro. I'm getting Kramer. Like, my hair grows straight up, but not like in the, I'm fighting for civil rights. I'm looks like I'm going to be saying the N-word on stage at any point in my career. Yeah. Um, it's it's funny. We, we, we intentionally were going down this path of just talking about just race and growing up. The, for us, uh, the idea was to kind of talk about growing up Asian in America and wanted to joke around about this like so it's kind of cool that we got into this topic because i think it's a little bit more current and relevant um with what we just talked about specifically Mm -hmm. but um yeah i don't know it's it's very interesting times i mean i'm not going to say that uh we're completely definitively right you know times change i'm never like i never think i'm right i just have ideas right (laughs) just like here's my idea prove me wrong and i'm I'm so take this in mind we're here to just talk about ideas and you know we're open to suggestion i think i said something that he didn't like so he's trying to disclaim no 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 no, no. (laughs) i'm disclaiming because i was joking about the south thing and i was just like oh man maybe like but I'm not saying that the two are comparable to each other. Obviously, I'm very proud of being oh, from South I Vietnam. Uh, I get My it. dad fought in the Vietnam War. I felt that I had... Listen. Listen. He, the, the thing is this. I know we're going to have like, you know, a very solid like one or maybe two people watching this. <laughs> I, I, think, I think people are going to get upset regardless. Um, and I think that, uh, sure, it's a joke. And if you don't like it, there's a hundred different other YouTube videos, podcasts to listen to. Uh, go for it. Have fun with that. I don't think I, I don't care. Uh, I'm, we're not really wrong. Sure, we might not be a hundred percent right, but whatever. I, I, there's a lot of things that I say. As long as it's not hateful, you know. For me, sure. it's yeah. like there's hate speech. This is like here. Here's an analogy. Nope. Okay, then switch the channel. You right, know? right. Luckily, luckily, I have a job that people can't take away. <laughs> uh, if anything, this this might make might make me more famous. But you know, uh, people people are gonna get upset about everything, and that's that's the part of being a comedian. It's like, how do you find that line in the presidential candidacy? The best case scenario is that 
49.9% of the people are upset. Yeah. That's the best case scenario. Yeah. Yeah. So here it's like, yeah, sure. 13 people are going to be listening. 14 people get upset. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> they, what are they going to do? Call Verizon home line and be like, cut out his Wi-Fi service. It's, it's not going to happen. It's fine. Um, yeah, no, I think, I think you bring a valid point. I mean, it's all, you can't have, you can't straighten things out. Um, or really hear ideas unless they're being spoken about, right? If you're going to be upset about what we just said, then there is no conversing with you. Right. And, and I think that's really what it is. People want to get upset. And once you're upset, like, if you're like, hey, can, hey, too, can you explain what you meant by that? Can you explain? You're like, okay, yeah, no problem. But if you're like, I can't believe, like, oh, you're, you need to leave, sir. Like, this is. By the way. Yeah. I just recalled something that um, oh, shit. You'd, you'd mentioned to oh, me shit. before. Okay. You're not a fan of Fresh Off the Boat, the show. I'm not. Segway. Wow. I just, gonna, no, no, no. no we're going to work thinking, on your segways. No, no, no. no. I'm, I'm thinking about it because like, we were talking about like, um, you know, being from Vietnam and everything. Mm-hmm. And for me, when I was thinking about that and why I, I corrected myself a little bit, or not corrected, but had to give a disclaimer, mm-hmm. um, I love the show, especially the very first episode, because I remember going to a lunchroom cafeteria Mm -hmm. and just meeting friends, and they were like, what the hell are you eating? Like, I was like, oh, this is food. What do you mean? And then my mom, the only reason why she let me buy lunch is because we were so poor, and we got that, like... um, low income price yep. Yep. where it was like, I think like 50 cents or 75 cents and, and it was good. And I was like, Oh yeah, I'm just like you guys now. You know what I mean? So I, I, it, it resonated with me. I think it's got good parts. Right. And, but to me, you know, do you like Eddie Wong though? Uh, I like him. I like him. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. I just think that it, first of all, fresh off the boat, right? Uh, the acronym is FOB and that is not a term that is, was ever used in any endearing term. Right. You know, uh, the closest thing I could think of is title wise is like blackish. Right. That's the, cl- and that's not even that offensive. But, but let me ask you this. Sure. Like, so do you feel like maybe this is like the spin on like, kind of like how the N word is being approached? Like the N word wasn't an initially, you know, used as a sense of endearment, but mm-hmm. they spun it over time so that, you know, it, it is a sense of endearment. I, so maybe this is like, the don't think poor attempt of trying to do it? Uh, sure. Okay. I don't, I mean, I don't. But it still doesn't resonate with you. It does not way. resonate with me. Gotcha. Like, I, we wouldn't call each other like, yo, what up, Fob? Yeah, How you what doing? Up, yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't see any, any derogatory Asian term right. endearing whatsoever. Right. It's just not a cultural thing. Like, right. There was uh, a school that the mascots were the chinks, and they changed it. Good. A couple years ago. Because uh, I thought that was like such a weird thing. I, you know, the thing, the, thing that, <laughs> the thing that bothers me is this. It's like I understand the chink in the armor is a term and it has a meaning. Right. But there are a lot of derogatory terms that no longer are used because they're more associated with derogatory than the actual original term. Right. But everyone's like, oh, the chink in the armor. Like, you know, it's a chink. Like, I get it. You find it funny because you get to say the word chink and not get upset about it. Nobody gets upset because you're using it in a term. But it's like, it's such a horrible, like, when you think chink, nobody thinks a hole. 
Right. Like nobody thinks like, oh, it's a, a gap. A hole or a yeah. Den or or a crack. Like nobody thinks that. Like if I'm like, oh, you know, your eyes are so chinky. It's like, which is in a song. You go, that's not cool. But if I were like, oh, your nose is so whatever. Your nose is so throwing a derogatory term. Like it doesn't make it that much cooler. It just makes it right. that much more wrong. But everyone likes to slide around Asian derogatory terms. Right. Like there's a rapper who's dead. His name is Chink Music. And the reason why they called him that is because his eyes were exactly. Right. And then like there's um there's another guy, Chink Santana. They called him that because his eyes were you got it. Yeah. Exactly. So they like, oh, but that's it's cool. It's like it's not cool. Like People slide around it like it's funny, but it, right. it's, it's not because you can't go. Oh, your lips are so. For whatever reason, I thought it chingy, and I might be I might be misquoting this, but why are your eyes so chinky? <laughs> well, that. But there's also this other line he has where he's like, he says Chinese, Haitian, even Asian, and I was like, huh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, not that that's like derogatory or offensive, but I was just like. Oh, he didn't do well in geography, you know. At what I mean? all. Well, I mean, I've I've get it every now and again. Like I thought you said your I thought you said you were Chinese. Yeah, it's not offensive. It's yeah. just like sort of like all right, we're gonna have an educational piece now. I I just don't feel like I'm supposed to be that guy. Like yeah, I know to let it pass, but it's just sort of like it still feels weird. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's it's odd. I know. Um, <laughs> this is so stupid, but. Um, I went and I was working at Starbucks in college, and oh, shit. We, we were joking around. Uh, me and my coworker were joking around about something, and I was telling her like, "Yeah, I'm trying to learn how to cook, which I still don't know how to do." Um, and she's like, "Yeah, well, when you start cooking, I got to come over. I got to learn how to. Uh, I, I want to try some of that Chinese food." And I was like, "I was like, I don't want to put her out on blast." But I was like, "Let's call her Karen, because Karen just seems like a very. I don't want to call her Karen. I like her." Let's call her Sally. Sally doesn't seem like a very, you know. Brenda. Okay, we'll go with Brenda. 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 God damn it, Brenda. I was like, I'm not, I'm not Chinese. I'm Vietnamese. And she goes, oh, my bad, blah, 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 all this stuff. And she was very sincere about right. it. She was like, my bad. Yeah. Right? And I, I prefer that over the, ah, you know what I mean. Right. That shit. But then here's where it flips, because I was like, anyways, I was like, we were joking around about it. It was no big deal. And, uh. She goes and she's like, anyways, hey, too, I'm, I've got a barbecue coming up, like, you know, um, in like a couple weeks. You should come over. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, man, I love Mexican food. She goes, oh. I'm, she goes, she goes, uh, she goes, uh, I'm Puerto Rican. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, but you know, the thing is like, but uh, you know what? My friend who's Mexican said there's like, I'm not saying that this justifies what i'm about to say but he was saying like he was like there's tears to this and i was like what do you mean he was like mexican people don't like puerto ricans and you know like right. just kind of like how with asian people like you know ali wong had her joke about like jungle asians versus refined asians yep. and uh <laughs> i think we're most offensive to each other <sighs> yeah you, you know and it's funny because you know uh, living the last 10 years in LA you would never go up to a Hispanic guy and just yeah. be like hey uh, Juan are you Puerto Rican like you would never just automatically assume what right. somebody is because right. like I'm not fucking Puerto I'll fucking kill you dog <laughs> but you just wouldn't like I have it all the time when people go hey Loy um, are you Korean 
Like, I'm not fucking Korean. Ah, you look like a Korean guy I work with. June, do you know June? Well, let me tell you about a story about June. Like, I don't care. I'm not <laughs> Korean. I don't know June. I don't care. I don't. And be like, but it, it, it's it's weird. It's like it's such. It's like I feel like we just give people the pass all the time. Right. Where like Hispanic people don't do that. Like, oh, you Puerto Rican? Like, I'm oh, fuck. I'm Dominican. You're dead. I'll yeah. kill you right now. I'll punch you in the face. But then sometimes I feel like, you know, we're we're so PC and like. We're so sensitive about everything. What what can we give a pass on, and what can't we, and things like that. I think, and that I don't think that it's like completely definitive because people are going to feel how they feel. Everyone's an individual still, right? I feel like in, this is just me being woke and go back to the mainland shit, like right, right, uh, whatever the Asian equivalent of a dashiki is. Like, <laughs> I, like we're done giving out passes. We're done. It's 2019. Right, yeah. Get some shit. Like, understand some right, shit. Right, right. Like, Google exists. Yeah, you research like, your stuff. Like, don't come up to me and start automatically assume I speak whatever language you think that I should be speaking because, like, and come up to me like, oh, Konnichiwa. Like, <laughs> fuck yourself, first and foremost. I'm not even that. Is this 9%? <laughs> this must be 9%. <laughs> this is 9%. <laughs> <laughs> is this 9%? Okay. Uh, uh, this, is, this is good. This is good. This is good. I'm, I'm like, I'm done trying to, like, and, and I'm, I'm old. Like, I'm almost 40 at this point, and I'm hanging around people that are well over 30. Right. It's like, if you don't know the difference between a Vietnamese person and a Chinese person, and you're just going to, like, you should know that you don't know. Right, but I'm going to tell you right now, given that, like, in Virginia Beach, it's primarily Filipino people, mm -hmm. and not that there isn't other Asian races, but it's, in comparison, there's not many. Like Your name's Tunan Vu. That's not Filipino whatsoever. Nah, but you know what? Like, I'm getting drunk. <laughs> like, I'm yelling into the microphone. I don't even know why. When I, when I moved out here, I was like, oh, shit. I don't know. I, I, if you're not Filipino, I can't tell what you are. That, that's fine. But, but you, I, I, don't, I don't really care. But not, you know that you don't know. Right, right. But I'm not saying, well, I don't care in the sense that, like, yeah, I, I recognize that you're Asian. I'll just leave it at that. If you feel like you need to tell me, then tell me or... You know, I might ask, but like, it's not like that's not going to be my first question to you. It shouldn't be. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, and I don't, uh, and, and maybe because it's it's my life projecting onto others, right? Right. But it's like, okay, you can you can know that I'm Chinese, right? But that's literally not going to tell you anything about me, right? Like, you might know more. You you probably know more about anything Chinese than I do, right? If I tell you, hey, I'm from Boston, right? And then people go, well, no, I mean, come on. Like, what are you? It's like, literally, anything else I tell you is not going to matter in this conversation whatsoever. Yeah. You're like, you want to talk about Boston? We can talk about Boston. I've yeah. never been to Asia. Right. I've never wanted to go to Asia. I've been with my wife 10 years now, and she's just now thinking about bringing me to Asia. Dude, you're in for a treat, man. I'm so jealous that you're going to the Philippines. I mean, I'm going to, okay, not to brag, but hold on. I'm going to the Philippines. I'll be going to, like, Singapore, going to Bali, going to a bunch of different places. So I love Filipino food. I don't. I, I love Filipino. I, I was in Virginia Beach last weekend. I ate this thing. I, I get it. Jolly Bees? Well, I did eat at <laughs> Jolly Bee, too, though. You get the chicken I got, joy? I got, I got the chicken joy, and they have this new thing called adobo rice. Oh, shit. It was crack, man. I make a good, I make a killer garlic rice. Oh, garlic rice is great. But I don't fry it like, because what they do is traditionally, right. they throw everything in and they stir fry old, like uh, last night's um, rice. I cook everything together. 
I right, do right. I do it all and I just cook it all together. Right. So it's super Typically fresh. fried rice is supposed to be kind of old rice anyways, but that's yeah. Um but yeah, so I I ate at this place called uh Susan's Kitchenette. Okay. And and I'd never actually eaten there before, but I know it's real popular. No sure. I go to Maymar. That's kind of like my spot to go, but that's I got my biases, my friend owns it and everything like that. Um, shout out to Maymar. Shout out to Maymar. Shout out to Seasons Kitchenette. Okay, both Virginia of them were really Beach. good. Both of them were really good. Hey. Um, <laughs> if you're there, go. But I had a uh, this dish called Dinaguan. Oh, Dinaguan. Yeah, it's um. I love it. I love it. Isn't Dinaguan? Isn't that like it's uh, like pork cooked blood. in cooked in blood. blood? Yeah, yeah, dope. And like you know, what's funny is like the Filipino thing is like, um, when Americans try, they're like, oh, it's chocolate meat, and I'm like, I don't know if that sounds more appealing, like. Sure. If you whatever you got to tell yourself to get through this meal, you have at it. Right. Um, yeah. No, Dinaguan's good. I, I mean, it's it's just depending a, on how it's made, it can be kind of um, real salty or real rich in the iron taste as you go throughout the meal. Yeah, uh, I've had I don't it, mind it. I've had it where it just tastes, a, not in a bad way, but just in a observational way. Like it tastes like right. pennies. It's just like right, right. Oh, this is. It's, it tastes like a bloody nose. <laughs> Right, <laughs> right. You're like, oh, oh, this is. I mean, my wife is good. She knows that I, I'm gonna try it if I'm like, if I'm gonna try it, I'm gonna try it. Like, it doesn't. You could like, you could tell me what it is. How wild do you get with your food? Like, do you, are you an adventurous eater? Like, you, you. I will get wild as long as I am not required to finish it. Oh, okay. like I'll try anything. Right, but if like, oh, here's a plate. Now you got to finish it. I'm like, hold on, I'm not ready for this kind of commitment. Huh. But I like. Um, I like real basic Asian soul food. Just give me some rice right. and you know put some stuff on top of it. Right. If it's like, um, yeah, I'm 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 not that hard to please. Right. Like I'll eat balut. It's not. Yeah. I don't wake up craving it, but you, you know what that is, right? Yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah. What's the Vietnamese term for it? Uh, what? Well, they I think they call it chung vit, but like yeah. it's like a duck egg. Yeah, though. it's a duck egg. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's a duck egg that is almost formed. It's a um, it's an embryo. It's a fetus. Fetus, yes. It's a it's a chicken or duck fetus. So what's funny is that these anti-abortion campaigns, yeah, or it's anti-something campaigns, where they're like you wouldn't eat an egg. You know, an egg is just a a period or a chicken period or something like that. You never seen this? No, that okay. sounds. Very unnecessary. <laughs> and it's like, oh, you want that? Oh, okay. Try balut. That's what you think that is. Because an egg is not, uh, the eggs that we have, is not yeah. fertilized. Right. So those eggs will never be. Right. Yeah. Okay. That got weird. Um, How do you like your eggs? Can I order fertilize? <laughs> Hey, listen, I am not a punk. So this is the Boston this is the Boston in me. The Boston in me goes, you know, someone's like, hey, try this, and I know that they're trying to fuck with me. Right. I'll eat it. Like I'll eat it with like straight face. Well, oh, this is good. Like yeah. if, if I know and yeah. then like there's nothing more fucked up than like, I don't know, ox dick or you know, <laughs> testicles or some shit. So I put like the worst case scenario in my head. <laughs> right. Like, what could this be? And and they go, Hey, it's Whatever, yeah. you know, whatever it is. I'm like, oh, well, cool. I, um, I've got this rule with myself where I'm like, I'll, I'll try whatever. Yep. If I don't like it the first time, I have to order it again to make sure I don't like it. Really? Because like, you know, let's say the chef had an off day or something okay. or, you know, so I need to really confirm that I don't like it. So I went to Thailand a month ago and I had scorpion. 
Dope. And it tasted like barbecue chips. Okay. It was a little like mushy, you know, but it's crunchy. Okay. And I guess I, I guess it's a sauce that they put on top, but it tastes like barbecue chips. Which is not that a got, bad thing. That got kind of mushy. Right? Okay. Yeah, like, yeah, kinda that's, like, good. that's yeah. a good thing. And it was straight, you know, no big deal. I like Balot. I like uh, Dinaguan. What else? Um, I, I try to eat Apex Predators if I can. What is that? Like shark or oh, alligator. Oh, yeah, I've had shark and alligator. I like alligator yeah. a lot. Anything that could kill me, I'm like, I would like. So scorpion? Like, yeah. Get a whole barbecue stick full of that shit. Like, yeah. Give me 12 of them. I thought like, it was going to be way weirder, but it was pretty. I, I, I think with. Oh, like, real quick. The yep. best part about it was um, there's this, uh, you know, the spot down the street, the restaurant kind of. Um, you haven't been to the spot? It's kind of no. like the block, but. Oh. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah, in Rockville. Yeah. yeah. So there's this. Not uh, anywhere near here. Right. <laughs> down, yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that, that's, that's, that's a southern thing. You yeah. just say, like, something's down the street. Yeah, down the street. Like, oh, you mean 30 minutes from here. Continue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right down. Yeah. Um, so there's this uh, bartender. Her name's Pla. Okay. Shout out to Pla. What up, Pla? Hello. At the spot. Which spot? At, at the, the spot. spot. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, um, we happened to be in Thailand at the, uh, around the same time. We had our. Our dates that we were going to be there overlapped at some point. And Stalker. You know, you know how I Yeah, do. you want to plop, you want to plop, 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 plop. But, <laughs> so, um, she was like, yeah, when you're over there, let me um, show you and your friends around to, like, the spots to go to. And I was like, awesome. So, she was like, yeah, during this place, they sell scorpion and everything like that. And I was like, all right, cool. And then I ate it, and I was like, oh, have you had one of these? She's like, no, why would I eat that? And I was like... <laughs> Well, I was like, well, I was like, you grew up here, like, you've only been in the states for four years, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you grew up your whole life here. Why would you not? And she's like, only tourists eat that. Like, no one eats that. Oh, that is hilarious. That's like, that, you know, that, that's 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 like, uh, you know, having family in town. We we took them to Ebbets Grill. What, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, oh, I've been I'm, there. Yeah, yeah. Have you been there? Like, it's it's cool. Like it's whatever. I, but I was like, I've never fucking been here. It's like, yeah. Then why'd you bring us? Because it's, it's it's just <laughs> you know landmark kind of. Yeah. Just go. I just wanted to bring you because I thought that we were making memories. No, right. But yeah, that's she. She got you. She got you on that one. Yeah, she's like, oh yeah, yeah. You want to eat scorpion? And I was like, yeah. I hadn't really seen around, but you know, I'll, I'll get it. She's like, really? And I was like, yeah. We're out here. Let's go ahead and do it. Right. Did you, so you enjoyed it, or did you try it again? It was cool. Okay. I already liked it the first time, so I didn't feel a need to get it again. Yeah, I'm good with it. And I think that's like where the future of human protein is going to come from, is like grasshopper, yeah. uh, mealworm, right, right. Uh, insect, in, insect uh, protein. That's it. That's, that's the point. Are we saying this because we're Asian and it's just like weird stuff? No, because it's easier to grow than cow. Right, right. But, you know, they make, they're make they making synthetic beef and stuff like that. I, uh, I haven't had it. I don't know if it's out there for the market to be sold, but I know they're working on it. I mean, we fuck with chicken, right? Like, the chickens... I don't like going to KFC because I don't like... I don't think any, there's anything wrong with KFC, like, if you is. eat it. But well, no, there's nothing wrong with you. I mean, you'll probably get cancer, but it's fine. But continue. You're the chicken at KFC is buff. Yeah. <laughs> that is like buff. That's like Mike Tyson chicken. I grew up with chicken. <laughs> there's Tyson's chicken. There's Mike Tyson chicken. Chickens are, are more or less a little bit bigger than a, a, a pigeon. Right. They're, they're, you know, they're probably about 
five six pounds total like okay. at, at its at its height right so when I look at the chicken breasts that are basically the size of my hand and there's right. two of them like this has got to be a ten pound bird like that's not a chicken that's right. fucking frightening when I had the chicken in Thailand it tasted really good I can imagine like just just in the sense that you know I don't I don't imagine that they're doing like the crazy stuff that we do you know but it I don't I don't I don't know, maybe this is like the third world country in me and just growing up Section 8 and food stamps and all that stuff. Um, but I kind of look at this and we're like, you know, America's had a surplus for food. Always. You know what I mean? And yeah. and like, yeah, let's say we're kind of putting things in it. Like, I'm not saying it's the best for us, but we're at the capability where if you don't have a means to get food, like on your own, right. there's, there's an opportunity mm. for you to be fed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it kind of... Um, I'm caught up in the the crossfire a little bit and feeling that. It's like, do I want to eat not good food or do I want to starve to death? You know, and and it's kind of like... But if you have the option... I mean, it's it's so strange that it is more expensive to eat healthy than it is to eat. Yeah. Did you ever watch uh, Super Size Me? I did, but I feel like it was a mockumentary, right? Didn't they prove that it was like kind of a mockumentary? Well, it was like... First off, like... Any documentary is going to be biased. So, of like, course, of course. when I when I w- talk to my friends about food or just whatever documentaries, I try to like reinstate the fact that they're here to prove a point. Yes, um, and I think we forget that sometimes, you know. And but I, I think he was vegan at the time, and so you know what I've always been told, mm-hmm. and I don't know this factually, just people that I've known who are vegan who went back to either eating eggs or meat, going all the way back to just eating meat. They're like, yeah, you kind of have to go through a process because. When you go and eat meat, even if it's the cleanest stuff, um, your body rejects it because it's not used to it. Right. So, I mean, the guy went from being vegan to eating McDonald's three times a day. And I'll be honest, after I watched that documentary, I got really hungry and ordered a 20-piece and a quarter (laughs) pound of cheese and fries. Like, I'm not trying to be a jerk about it, but I was like, I love Mickey D's. I don't don't eat it all the time or anything, but I was just like, man, I got to get this. I do the uh, quarter pounder with cheese. Right. No pickle. Yeah, I'm not a pickle fan. But now, well, the hack that I do is, it's not that I'm not a fan of pickle, but I want to make sure that they make it fresh for me. Right. So without a pickle ensures that they make it fresh. I knew a girl that used to say, um, can I get french fries, no salt? So that her fries would be fresh all the time, and she'd put salt on it. Same premise. Because like, it's kind of like, it made me feel a little bad. I never did it, but I was just sort of like, you know, can't you just order the fries just how they come? Because, like, they got to make a whole thing. But but I understand why they would do it because, like, you know, they're worried about, like, high blood pressure and things like but that. But fries, you know, fries, I get it. I mean, there's a window of good and, you know, soggy. but I And then want, over salty. And, I don't you know. want my meat to be sitting there all night. You know, God knows. Right. You know, I'll, I'll, yeah. I tell dick jokes for a living so like, sometimes <laughs> i come out like 2 a.m and the window's <laughs> open to three like i don't know when the last time somebody ordered Man, a quarter. i had white castle i had white castle when i was on tour and the first time i ever had it was in detroit and i remember they it was white castle in detroit yeah and oh. it was after like a late late rehearsal and we got out around like two i think close to three and i was so hungry and did you hold on did you get the suitcase i didn't get the full suitcase i got Fuck i got you no, I, I couldn't. I couldn't because no one was going to split that with me, and I was going to eat it by myself. Matter. You go to White House, you buy the suitcase. Just no. you do it for the gram. God damn it! 
<laughs> but actually, it's better that I didn't because I went and I ordered it, or I ordered like I think like a six pack or however they come, like nothing mm-hmm. too crazy with fries. And it was the coldest. It was like as if like you bought one of the frozen packs and just let it thaw. Yeah. Like, like it just was like you, you just you you were so high you put some of it in the microwave <laughs> and you left some of it out and they just served you the shit that was left out. It was terrible. Like you you open up the box and you're like, yo, this already looks stale. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's like you see the mist, but it's not steam. It's like mist from cold. Like, but I was so mad because like I've had Crystal Burger, you know, because Crystal Burger is a down south thing. Like okay, no. like. Uh, Crystal Burger is, is like exactly the same thing. Okay, but it's uh, I've only had it in South Car- or yeah South Carolina, like Myrtle Beach. Um, but I know there's a quite a few of them. Mm-hmm. But it's like the exact same thing. So I've had Crystal Burger, and I was like, Yo, I just can't wait to get the real thing. Like I want to get this White Castle because I watched on the Food Network with the onions and all this mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I had it, and it's my fault for getting at 3 a.m. for the first time. You know what I mean? But I was just kind of like, So next yeah. time you got to get the suitcase, right? Because I mean it's. Would you would you spend like four dollars? I, mean, I didn't spend much, but I just felt like the suitcase is thirty burgers, right? And you know, at that hour, they have to make thirty burgers. Right? They, they can't just like throw in the three that was sitting there and just be like, "Hey, that's that's a suitcase, right?" right? Three burgers. They have to make you some. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's nothing. At that point, you just go. Here's twelve dollars. Like here's twelve dollars. Give me the fucking suitcase. Right. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm, like, I'm going to tell you right now. This is only making me. It's 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 so funny and so ridiculous to me because um, I was in Virginia Beach for Memorial Day weekend, and it was really weird. We end up drinking a lot. Re- really? <laughs> tell me more. So um, some people at uh, some people at this little shindig and everything like that were like, "Oh man, we're pretty hungry." So I went and. Um, I bought four party packs from Taco Bell. So 48 tacos. (laughs) And I felt so bad because it was around like 1231. Oh, shout outs to uh, Water's End. Um, No, it's all good. Um, But yeah, a lot of hungry people and they got a ton of tacos. And you know, it it was only 60 bucks. I like Taco Bell. I love Taco Bell. Actually, they're one of the more healthier foods because they change their stuff. Relax on that one. Hey, I'm just telling it what I read. I read it on the internet, so you know it's true. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the thing is, like, people are like, oh, it's the shittiest, it's like the shittiest um, Mexican food. It's like, no, we don't buy it because it's Mexican food. Like, we're not like, hey, we should get real tacos or Taco Bell. It's like, I fucking want Taco Bell. Like, I don't want real tacos. I want health <laughs> health endangering food yeah taco bell's great it is amazing i i wish you guys understood how much i love taco bell when you were in la uh have you had del taco i've had del taco i've had el pollo loco el pollo loco is dope um, you might be mad at me for this i like going to jack in the box and getting tacos because they're two for a dollar yeah two for 99 cents yeah, yeah, yeah. i Listen, Jack in the Box is fucking amazing, first and foremost. Anybody, I love Jack in the Box. Uh, my wife loves Jack in the Box. Like, I never had Jack in the Box <laughs> until my wife was like, she'd come home, like, drunk from the club, like, I'm on my way. 
I need some Jack in the Box. I'm like, well, I need to get some blades, so uh, I guess I'm going to Jack in the Box. <laughs> I when shout I was, out to Jack in the Box. Jack in the Box. Um, when I was living in Virginia Beach, mm-hmm. they kept showing ads for Jack in the Box, and I kept thinking, is there a Jack in the Box opening around here? And the closest one I think was like four hours away in North Carolina. Just Jack in Box in North Carolina. I think so. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> I, I love Jack in the Box. It's it and it is. It is exactly what you expected. It's not like they're not trying to do anything more than fast food. Like their Angus burger, dope. Mm. Uh, their taco, two for 99 cents. If you watch a Lakers game uh, on TV and they're winning and then people start shouting, we want tacos. It's jack-in-the-box tacos. Basically, they got to score over 100 points and win the game and everybody comes in the next day and gets a free taco. Wow. Yeah, I... um. Let me ask you something since you lived out in California for a while. Okay. Because I've got my opinions, but I want to... Of course you do. Of course I do. Do you like In-N-Out Burger, and do you think it's the greatest burger? Uh, do I like it? Absolutely. Do I think it's the best burger? Uh, best... N- hold on, hold on. Let me, let me rephrase okay. that. Do you think it's the best fast food burger? I think it is the best burger for your dollar. Because really? the burger is only like... No bullshit, three dollars, mm. and like you can get like a double double for like I think it's at like four dollars. So something. do you do like animal style and all that stuff? I didn't like animal style uh, because so, like especially the fries, the animal style on the fries, the cheese you could just see it was like a a, a slice of cheese yeah. that wasn't melted. It wasn't like queso queso sauce or nacho sauce. Right. So that bothered me, just on the aesthetic. But uh, the fries are garbage. <laughs> For for absolutely, <laughs> your face was like <laughs> you were talking about how great this burger is, and then you went like, "Oh, and the fries, the fries, the garbage, the garbage, <laughs> the fries are horrible." Uh, I like. Who, what's your favorite French fries? Like out of all the things, you don't have to eat the you don't have to eat the meal, just the fries. Oh um, man, Ooh. my favorite fries. One of them is, it's a tie for me. One of them is gonna um. We're talking about regular fries, right? Uh, let's or just, just go, fries in general. Let's go with let's see how outlandish you get, and then I'll have to ring you back in. Well, I mean, it's not the outlandish, but like, um, I really like Arby's curly fries, Dope. and I really like um, Rallies or some place called Checkers. Their fries are really good. Really? Yeah, they do a seasoned fries. Okay. They're really good. I but think if, out here it's Checkers, right? But in Virginia Beach, it's, it's Rallies. West, uh, okay, that's like the Hardy's uh, and Hardee's Carl, Carl Jr. Yeah. And they don't even try to change. Like they don't even like try to pretend it's a no. Different but company. you know what? They changed this recently. But Hardee's um, used to sell fried chicken, and their fried chicken was amazing. And you guys in California have the green burrito, yes, which we never had over here. Correct. So it's kind of like give so, and take. Yeah. So the the green burrito was a separate franchise a long time ago, and right. then at some point, Carl's Carl Jr. Yeah, bought it and now it's like there's um there's Carl's Juniors and there's Carl's Juniors with the green burritos, but I don't right. think there's any green burritos self standing. Right, I don't right. Think. Um, for regular fries, this is where yeah. it gets. Uh, okay. okay. All right, regular fries, Mickey D's can't beat a classic, right? Okay, I think that it's up there. It's, but it's always it's always at least in some like it's always. I won't, um, I won't dispute it. It's always discussed. Yes. How about that? Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. Um, but I actually uh. I fancy fancy Wendy's fries. 
I fr- I fancy Burger King fries. Wow. Everything else on the Burger King menu, it can go into a dumpster fire. But their right. fries, there's something about it that they, I feel like they fry it and then refry it or something like that. It's... There's something about it that I think Wendy's does the same thing, but they let theirs sit and then it gets extremely soggy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There, there's something I feel like the fries are battered. Uh, right. At, at, right. At Burger King. They're battered and then they're fried. Okay, because um and I'm not sure if the generation or whoever's watching this is gonna fit in our generation sure. bracket, right? But do you remember when uh, not Wendy's Burger King making a big push on when they redid their fries and yes. they had a Mr. Potato Head, yep, and all that, and their I, fries were like, I mean, I don't know if they've changed. I think maybe they're still the same, I, but I their like fries were so. Ago. I feel like that. Was, I'm so old. I feel like Man, that was only like. I only know that that was long ago because I think I was still in elementary school. Fuck you. Like, Fuck like you. the thing is, is that like. I don't even think you're old. I think you just have a poor like timetable of things. <laughs> I'm a time traveler, bro. I was just there. I was just there, and I just got here today. Uh, no, maybe. But those fries, like, I remember they made such a big push, and those fries were really good, man. They're really good. I feel like they and were, I don't, they were I don't, French I don't, fries battered and right. then refried. I feel like that's... And the thing is, is like, I think it's gone a little downhill, but not even that much. It's just not a piece of conversation the way it used to be. It just doesn't get me to go to Burger King. Like, I've never been like, oh, my God, I need the fries. Like, Wendy's fries is good enough. I enjoy their burgers way more than their fries. But if I'm there, I'll buy the burger and the fries. So Burger King changed their um, their nuggets because they, uh, they used to do tenders. And then they did the chicken fries. And then they did an offshoot of, like, their nuggets, yep. right? Yep. So now you can, like, get 10 nuggets for, like, $1.50. And it doesn't make sense economics-wise to me at all. <laughs> it's not chicken. <laughs> That's why. But then, like, it's funny because I had it. And I was like, yo, these kind of taste like Wendy's nuggets. And Wendy's nuggets are really good. They and I was, like, I was like, man, these kind of taste like Wendy's nuggets. And this girl I used to see, she went and she had them. And she was like, yo, these nuggets are trash. <laughs> And I was like, what do you mean? I was like, do you like Wendy's nuggets? She's like, I love Wendy's nuggets. And maybe she has a better palate than I do. But she said they were trash. I mean, it's tough now having Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is so accessible. Right. This conversation was supposed to be about being like being Asian. No, no, no. It's it's not. It's it's about me and you having a goddamn conversation. This is where it is. Okay. We're talking about fast food now. And I love it, by the way. This is where we fucking are. You know, okay. Right. What I find strange about this DMV area coming from LA is right. that there's only one Lee's sandwiches. And it's not good. It's it's not bad, but it's not good. It's not the coffee's good. The coffee's amazing. Like right? I, that is how Vietnam won the war. <laughs> they're staying up the whole time. They stay up the whole time. They're just, like 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 a crackhead. They're just like, oh my god, what are we gonna do? I don't know. Let's dig holes. Let's dig holes. We're digging holes. And they just dug holes. Like it was. If you have, if you never had Vietnam uh, Vietnamese caf, uh, Vietnamese coffee, and you have shit to do, <laughs> get yourself to down to Lee's and Falls you Church. Don't even get a Red Bull. No five hour energy drink. That Adderall isn't going to help you. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. Like, I, I, I make myself Vietnamese coffee every morning. Right. And that's cool. Oh, really? I do. Wow. But How do you do it, though? What, what coffee grinds do you use? Uh, uh, Dumont. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cafe <laughs> du Monde, Cafe du Monde, which is French. You're welcome. It's from Louisiana. No worries. Cafe <laughs> du Monde. No, no, no. We, I used to run a Vietnamese restaurant, mm-hmm. and they they had a special blend. Ooh. Oh, and, and it was all they did was just take two different coffees and combine it together. It was Cafe du Monde, and I can't remember. There's a Vietnamese like um, coffee brand that's pretty notable, mm-hmm. and they just mix the two together. I was yeah. trying to find the blue label, but you can't get the blue label Cafe du Monde out here. Oh, I, I mean, I've looked. I, I can't find it. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> That's fine. No worries. Ooh, you're, you're, yeah, you know just, something. Ah, don't worry about it. Don't worry <laughs> about it. It's fine. No big deal. Uh, but you know, I make it for myself every day. So you know yeah. I should have a tolerance. Mm-hmm. But I'll go out to Falls Church, which is 45 minutes from here, and I uh, wired. It's a completely different experience. Yeah. I thought about bringing that into my office, mm-hmm. but... They're not ready. Yes, that's true, but I'm afraid that they'll be like, can you make me one one day? Like, yeah, no problem. You know, it's mm-hmm. no big deal. First off, it takes forever to make because it's that drip filter, right? Yeah, I, 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 I cheat, and maybe that's the issue. You do an espresso shot, don't you? No, I, I just um, I don't tighten it down all the way. Oh, no, that's still fine. It's, I mean, yeah. you go through more grinds, but the thing is like, ah, I'm not going to sit there and let it drip and drip. Like, right, right. Um, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, look up Vietnamese coffee. It's fine. Um, but I've got the, the double, like the big joint. Like, right. Yeah. I, I'm afraid that like I'm going to introduce them to it and it's going to be like meth. Like for them, where they just meth. like instantly like. <laughs> hey, guys, want to dig holes? Let's dig holes. <laughs> I um we got a war to win like whoa I, I went with some friends to to Richmond there's this real uh, this Vietnamese restaurant that's it's really good it's pretty good what's it called it's Mekong shout out but, to Mekong yeah, holla at your Mekong um, isn't it that isn't that a river in Thailand no it's in Vietnam okay maybe <laughs> um. But no, no, the, I, but feel the like, reason, I feel like there's so many restaurants called Make Hong. The Kong reason Kai. why it's so important, yep. and circling back to this, is um, they have the owner, never met him. He's like uh, an urban legend in my eyes. Um, but so Make Hong used to be the largest um, draft beer selection. They had, I, I, I believe. And okay. it was one of those in things. In, well, no, no, on the East Coast, I think, if not the U.S., I feel like no, it was, it's it's really crazy as far as like craft beer. Like, okay, it, it was to the point where when I ran the restaurant, they're like, "Oh, you're a Vietnamese restaurant. Have you been to Mekong?" I was like, "No, I haven't." Like, it's in Richmond. It's an hour and a half away. You should go. Okay, I was like, "All right," and um, all these beer reps were always we always stop there. That's kind of like at least the East Coast mecca. Like, we go there. Hmm. It's it's a point. Like, the owner there travels in his spare time to hunt beer. Shit. Like he's a Big beer nerd to like, the point where like, he, like number wise, how many beers do you think? Because I feel like Yardhouse got 150. So so okay, let me let me rephrase that. It might not be um, draft lines, but they've got a pretty extensive uh, menu for food. Okay, their beer list used to double that, including bottles and all this stuff. Okay, it was okay. it was insane. Um, but what ended up happening was he shut down. I think the half of his restaurant and expanded out. Um, to the spot beside him, mm-hmm. and he created his own beer, and his beer is highly sought after. What's it called? It's called uh, the place is called Beers the Answer, but it's like his name's On. Okay, so on, it's beer. On, yeah, Beers the Answer, right? Uh, and, and it's like, and if you guys don't know, On is just kind of like a, uh, a ter- term of endearment in Vietnamese, right? Like, it's well, the one that you're talking about is like 
it's like on like um like an older brother or someone older than you. Yeah. Like respectfully. Like, but also like kind of like, like Kuya. Like Kuya. In, okay. Yeah. Like, like in uh, like, like in Tagalog in yeah. the Filipino language. Yep. <clears throat> it's like a yeah. You're like oh, it's like a. a I don't want to say it's it's informal, but respect. Right. Yeah. Right. I think that's fair to oh, say. Uh, uh, <clears throat> respectful term of endearment. Exactly. Yeah, because I think I've heard some girls call their boyfriend right. on. Right. Which, sure. Yeah. So, um, but this guy is. It's just I think a a n. Oh. Uh, so it's not like it's that. A, it's his name. Right, right. Got it. Okay. So there's a name on. Right. And then there's a on, which is. Right. I don't know. I'm fucking right. now. Fuck. But any, anyways, his beer is amazing. And, and I'm sorry, one more time. The name of his beer, do you know? The beer is the answer. Or answer. Oh, beer so is like, the answer. People just call it the answer. Okay. Check it out. So when I go to Richmond, I grab a bunch of them. I'll have to check it out. I, I just looked it up. The Mekong River. Uh, basically flows through Thailand, majority through Thailand, but it separates Thailand from Laos. Uh huh. And it doesn't look like it really goes through Vietnam. Awesome. So I have no idea. <laughs> oh, maybe it does. Maybe it goes at the bottom, goes all the way through Phnom Penh. Okay. That, that's Cambodia. All right. Okay. So yeah, Th- uh, whatever. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. Fuck. On that note. Really good beer. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So, tell me about you. Um, a guitarist, singer. You've done some things. You've been some places. You've sang some songs. Sang songs. Been places. Um, hung out. Just having a good time. What's your, what's your accomplishment? Come on. Drop your balls a little bit. Um, Biggest accomplishment. What would people know you from? People don't know me from anything. But if... If... if. if I were to speak about the things that were most pivotal in my life, right? I like how we preface it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm, so try, I'm trying to get him out of his shell a little bit. A little bit. I, I was told that... No, don't tell me. Don't tell me what you're told. Tell me what you, tell me what you right. need to tell me. So I would say my biggest accomplishment was when what I felt was I was putting my foot down. This was going to be the end of my music career of... Um, I just kind of settled. I did, and it's tough. Okay. Uh, don't make me say it. What no, no, no. I'll say it, but I'm just <laughs> saying, like, this was what I was, like, mentally thinking at the okay. time. But I, my most proud moment was playing in my hometown of Virginia Beach at the Virginia Beach Amphitheater. I think it's called something else now. Um, it, like, home something. I, anyways, that's irrelevant. It's the amphitheater in Virginia Beach still. Um, the one out there, right? I played to a sold-out crowd of twenty thousand people. I got to be um, No Malice's music director, and which it, is from? No Malice is um, he and his brother Pusha T, who is doing a lot of great things with his music. Um, they were in a duo called Clips. Clips was uh, this rap Grinding. group that. Just crushed it in the early two thousands. It was they they made a song called "Grinding" that was basically the lunchroom anthem. Um, the beat was infectious. It was produced by uh, the Neptunes, which is Pharrell and Chad Hugo. Pusha T's last two albums were freaking fire. Yeah, like yeah, he's playing it off, but he <laughs> he was their guitarist. 
Yeah, so like uh, he tore, you well, I, I, when I toured with them, I was a personal assistant, and then when Malice started doing like more solo stuff, mm-hmm. I started working with him a little bit more hands on. He's still one of my boys and everything like that. Virginia Beach stand up. Yep, seven five seven. Allen Iverson. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bad news. <laughs> He's from Newport News. They call it bad news out there. Um, <clears throat> Shout out to Kazi's. Let's see. Comedy club. There's, there's there's a lot of stuff out. Like there's a lot of talent that comes out of like name, name some shit. So I mean, obviously you so look clips. like you you look like Pharrell. <laughs> you got the Pharrell, <laughs> Pharrell starter kit. All right. <laughs> I guess you ain't wrong though. <laughs> <laughs> like I would dispute, but uh, <laughs> I stayed correct. No, obviously Pharrell. You got Timbaland. Okay. You know Missy Elliott. Yep. Um, Genuine. Uh, I don't know. Is Genuine out there? I, I know he was produced, but um, you know you got this. Indie band that I worked for for a while called uh, May. Um, they did a lot of great stuff. They toured with Weezer and Foo Fighters and oh, stuff shit. like that. Um, Cam Chancellor. Um, the, the football player? Right. Yeah. right, right, right. We're, we're going through all the time because you mentioned AI like, and everything. Uh, let me explain that real quick. Alonzo Mourning. <laughs> oh, shit. One can you Mourning. Um, and, his, and his son who plays for Georgetown right now. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know he played. Alonzo for- Jr. Uh, plays for... You know, he's coming along. He's no Alonzo Mourning, but right. he is Alonzo Mourning. Yeah, um, Bruce Smith. Um, Running back uh, Rams? Shoot, I forget what he what position he played. Okay. But um, who else? Who else? There's a lot. There's a lot of people from that area. I, it's slipping my mind right now, but yeah, I mean, even that on but its music, own. But musical talent. The, the crazy thing about Pharrell and Timbaland is this. Like, they went to s- two different high schools. But the high schools are 10, 15 minutes apart from each other. Okay. So you have two super producers that came from like the same place around the same era. Timbaland and, and Pharrell? Yeah. Well, Pharrell and Chad Hugo. I mean, they, oh, were, yeah. they were a duo at the time and everything like that. Shout out to Chad Hugo. Yeah. Filipino, hey. yeah. <laughs> he, he got the key to the city. Oh, shit. This, uh, a couple months ago. Okay. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. Uh, he He's... He's a character, man. Chad or yeah, Pharrell? Chad. Hmm. He's I, cool. He's really cool, but he's a character. I've never met him. He's one of the most, he's one of the oddest guys I've ever met. I mean, kind of have to, because especially back then when they, when they broke out, like everything was gangster. It was hood. And then, you right. know, Chad Hugo and Pharrell wearing polos and right. pink shit. Uh, and having a completely different... I think you've got to be a little off-kilter to have like your own sound and not be influenced. It's funny because I feel like when you look at L.A., New York, Atlanta, you kind of have these certain like definitive images or looks or sounds. Yes. You know what I mean? Like like New York and L.A. especially... Um, or the polar opposites. You, you are... They're, they're opposites, but... They're definitive, like yes. for what is at that moment mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. But when you look at Virginia Beach and you look at Timbaland and Pharrell, if you listen to just the music itself and the production, it's nothing that comes out of like L.A. or New York. And it, it defined that early two th- early to mid two thousands. But even if you compare the two production styles, they're nowhere near the same. And I think it's almost like this, like. Um, bastardization of like what that area is about it's mm. this collection of everything you know and, I, and how you interpret it. i was always curious to how that worked like is it like your environment or is it just like hey this like mozart like this is the shit that's in my head let me just put this out it's hard not to say that it's a little bit of both right like so when you look at your comedy mm-hmm. you got to say that like this is who i am 
but it's also because this is how I react to my environment a little bit, right? Interesting. I just go off a straight anger. Like, this is the shit that angers me. But, but, but what angers you? Your environment a yeah. little bit. True, true, true. You, you know, and I look at, like, um, you know, like the South is... So Virginia Beach, considerably the South geo- geography, sure. but, like, it sounds nothing like Atlanta. But even, even like, Outcast. Outcast is not Atlanta. I mean, it is Atlanta, but it's not the Atlanta sound. They tried... But then they just go, you know, the first album, Southern Playlist of Cadillac Music, like, oh, this is going to be... But you can hear it a lot in big boy style. Yes, but the, as you go through the different, you know, through but the different But even him albums, as an artist, as he, he grew, he, he, like, he created his own lane. Those are the quintessential, like, here's, like, Mozart. Like, here's the sound in my head. Right. Here it is. Right. It has nothing to do with the environment. The right. environment almost in Atlanta almost decided to go, hey, let's see if we can't ride... Right, this wave, right. and I don't know disrespect to Atlanta, but it's like that's hot. Let's see if we can't ride it. And it was like it didn't work out. And then right. Andre three thousand, I mean, everyone's like, nope, I can't even can't even try. Can't Andre three thousand is my favorite rapper. I think he is my favorite person ever. He's that guy that just goes, I'm gonna do. This is me. This is what yeah. I'm doing. Like as if I could be a, if I could be the comedian version of Andre three thousand. Right, I'd be all about it. Yeah, you know when people are talking about gold chains and all this shit, and he's wearing football pads and a and a cut up Nolan Ryan jersey, right. wearing like pom pom pants. I can tell you the very first time I found out what they look like, I was in seventh grade. I was watching the American Music Awards, and he came out in a blonde wig, and I think he was wearing a jetpack. Dope. And I was just like. What the hell is going on here? <laughs> I've been listening to Outkast since the first, like, oh, Southern Playlistic Cadillac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, that kind of sounds like, you know, that sounds like West Coast, like, you know, right. the, the sing-songy, the right. the it's, funk. it's a groove. It's a groove. Yeah. And, then, and then you hear, like, Atlanteans, and you go, oh, this is, I don't know what this is. And you know, Quemini, you go, yeah. oh, we are not where we thought we were right and if i could be a comedian version of like andre 2000 that would be that would be amazing yeah um, but uh so you so you toured with malice i toured with uh clips and malice and then so uh, so quick question yeah uh have you heard about what's going on with jeremy lynn no what's going on with okay jeremy so lynn? jeremy lynn basketball a chinese american uh taiwanese american uh he's basketball in the raptors player. he's at the raptors uh he's he, in the finals he's go- he's in the finals and he was talking about how uh security still gives him a hard time like trying to <laughs> like okay <laughs> okay there it is there it is so to finish the story about jeremy lynn he's saying like security gives him a hard time they're like you know who are you where's your badge all of this and he's like i i play for the raptors i'm i'm, I'm a basketball player they still give him a hard time even though he's the one chinese one asian person all of the nba and he's like six seven or some shit he's like he's not short yeah um is so, he that tall I don't know. I'm, no, but he's a, he's a basketball size. Yeah, he's not basketball my player height. He's not my size. He's right. not your. He's it's definitely not the typical Asian height. Let's, right, let's leave it at that. Right. Yeah. So you know he's having a hard time through security, and he's just like, "This is just my life." So traveling with the clips, and if you're not familiar, they are black. Uh, I, I would encourage you to listen to their music and then get into you. it, <laughs> and then look at listen to their music. Listen to Grinding and then listen to Hell Hath No Fury, which is my favorite album of theirs. I was listening to the music 
religiously for so long. And then when I got the opportunity to work with him, it was kind of like, is this real life? It, it just seemed like this like false reality for me. But um, back, back to your question, it, it's so funny. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Listen to that, that uh, grinding, that album, and then you'll realize how much I don't look like I fit in with them. Um, they're, they're lyrical geniuses. I think that um, I, I do love Andre 3000 and everything that he provides because of his style mm-hmm. and his approach to music. But lyrically, I'd say that they, they've easily got to be um, in the top five, if not top three, two, or one for um, how great they are lyrically. It's, it's amazing. So, so back to your question, yes. just <laughs> because I need to paint that yep, picture first. Please. So... Did I have problems with security? My very first tour and, and was, um, there used to be, I don't know if it was like a website or what it was, but it used to be called Sneaker Pimps. And they, they would keep you posted about like the latest like hot shoe that was out. And they sponsored this tour with Clips and the Cool Kids. And the Cool Kids were... Shit, yeah, Cool Kids. Uh, gone Fishing. Uh, they had... Uh, Diamonds in the black, man. Yeah, yeah. Black, man. Yeah, yeah. This is the bat. This is the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And man, those guys are fun and they're cool and really awesome people. But um, I remember being on that tour, and I got tossed around by security so much because, like, I haven't changed the way I dress since I was like in sixth grade. I I'd always worn tight pants and high waters because my mom never let me wear baggy clothes. I remember being in middle school, sitting at the um like the the front office because I was just waiting for the uh, after school bus to come because I was a marching band kid and a band geek and all that. So I had to wait for the bus to come and rehearsal ended early. And then the only people that sit in that office other than people who were in marching band was um, people who got in trouble and had to stay after school. So you were getting street cred? I, no, <laughs> not at all. I, I remember having this like these two guys – just making fun of me. I wasn't talking to them. I sat away from them. They felt the need to sit down and like uh, just joke the hell out of me. Just get the the, the cocked arm like this yeah. dude over here. They're like, look at this guy not wearing a flight jacket. You know, <laughs> he ain't wearing Jinko jeans like us. You Shit, know, Jinko jeans. I was like, and I remember sitting there and I was so sad. I remember sitting in like the front office and like crying. And it was awesome because then, like, this girl who was sitting there. Is that you? Is that me? I think that was you. Okay, cool. Uh, but this girl that was sitting there was like, stop making fun of him, blah, blah, blah. And she gave me a hug. And I was uh, like, oh, my gosh. This is the first time I got an unsolicited. <laughs> I, I, I got an unsolicited hug from a girl. What's up? We, uh, get, we go together now, girl. <laughs> but, like, anyway, so, yeah, you know, I was wearing tight pants when uh, – I think people were just starting to wear like tighter clothes. I, I dressed like a, a skater and all that. And I had this like really like tiny backpack and just was standing next to them because they asked me to, I, I was their personal assistant at the time mm-hmm. and they asked me to like film behind the scenes footage stuff. Makes sense. And I would just like film whatever was going on and chop up clips and send it to the label. But it was so crazy because I remember, I think we were on our, I forget if this was a three-week tour or uh, like a a full month, but 
on my last day of tour, I was so tired and so exhausted. Like, I was just so spent. And, and you guys don't get it. Like, when you're on the road, you're not around family. Um, just get up and go. It's like new hotel. Don't even unpack. You Like, we, we would have, you'd land in a new city, get, get a hotel, go to the hotel room in the afternoon, do your, like, record signings, uh, in-store signings, whatever, go do the concert, finish the concert, and then as soon as you walk out of that venue, you get on a bus and leave. So that hotel that you got, you didn't even sleep in. Damn. You were just there to take a shower and just relax. for Like, a, literally waste time. for like, like, for an hour or two, and then go. And so I was spent. And, and it's one of those things, like, when I look at it in hindsight, I was like, man, that was a lot of fun. But when you're living through it, it's just so exhausting. And you start to understand why people who are in this, like, spectrum, like, act the way they do sometimes. It's not that they don't, don't want to sign autographs. It's just they're gassed and exhausted from it. And they try to put their best face on. But right. They're people, you know? And even though we've only asked you for an autograph, we're asking for one autograph. Right. This is the thousandth autograph today. Right. Hundred thousandth that you've had since you've been home. Right. Right. So on my last day of tour, we were in New York, and the night before, they had um, done like a VIP event for, um, I don't know if you guys remember Mario. <laughs> Mario? Mario. Uh, he's from Baltimore. So is yeah, he? I think so. Oh really? I didn't know that. I'm I'm going on a whim here, but I think he's from Baltimore. <laughs> but um, so he had his birthday, uh-huh. so he'd asked them to perform like a song or two. So we didn't go home to like or to the hotel until like four in the morning. Okay. And then we had to wake up first thing. We had label meetings and had to do all this stuff. I was just tired and gassed, and it was the last day of tour for me. They continued their tour, but I was going back uh, to Virginia Beach because I had a wedding to attend. Okay. But I remember that last day so vividly because we did a uh we went to a record store did a signing and then i was walking with them through this like back hallway and i've been walking with them the whole time and randomly security like as i'm walking sideways like profile shot to him picks my backpack strap up picks me up <laughs> and, and mind you like i'm skinny now I weighed 20 pounds less back then. Oof. So they picked me up and slammed me against the wall. And the, the thing that I was mad about was when they did that, I almost dropped the camera that they paid for. I would have dropped this, the camera. This camera was like 1500 bucks. I would have dropped it. And I remember like leaning forward and like reaching out and grabbing it mm-hmm. and just having like getting it in time, right? Right. And they continued to walk a few steps because they hadn't noticed. And then the road manager... E, who was this like really, really big black dude, right? Turns around, it's like, hey man, let go of our assistant. He's with us. What are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And security, who was also a big black man, was like, oh, my bad, blah, blah, blah. But he didn't seem like very sincere about it. He was just kind of like, hey, I'm doing my job. Right. Just whatever, you know? I would have broke the camera. Hold up. So, <laughs> I would have broke the camera and be like, ah. This is, I remember getting like so mad because it was like the straw that broke the camel's back, you know? And I remember snapping. I was like, Yo, let go of me. Who do you think you are? You don't do that kind of stuff without asking questions. And don't call me Oriental. That's how you describe your rugs and your ramen. And like, I was like, I was so pissed off. And I was like, I, I like act real cool. Like I brushed myself off. And I was like, yo, let's go. Like, I remember like they looked at me like, I'm known as like the nice dude, the, the cool guy that was just like always calm. And like, you know, I didn't complain much. 
And they're like, whoa, Tunon's got a little attitude to him, you know? Like, he just said, let's go, then let's go, you know? Like, let's go. Let's get out of here. So we're walking probably like, I don't know, seven, eight steps down. And then Malice turns to me. He goes, yo, he never called you Oriental. (laughs) And I was like, I was like, I know, man. Just keep going. Just keep going. I said, go. But it was just so funny because I remember like Push laughing and all this stuff. And yo, Push is a serious dude. Really? Like me and me and Malice, like that's my boy. Like like me and Malice joke around all the time. That's who I used to go to lunch with. Even when I lived in Virginia Beach, we'd hang out like on on, on the reg. Me and him, we talk still to this day, like around once a week or something like that. But Push is a serious dude. Really? He is. uh, Well, I guess I, I feel like. I feel like what he says, like, because with that, with that Drake beef, yeah. Like, I felt like, oh, he's not selling records. Yeah, no, he's. I'm like, not gonna get into it, but right. he's doing his thing. He's right, doing right. his no, thing. No, no, that's exactly what I mean. Yeah. Like, I feel like, you know, sometimes you go, oh, this dude's selling records. I get it. Okay, ah, uh, it's it's like professional wrestling. But when I listened to some of his interviews, I was like, oh, I fear, I fear for Drake. I will. Um you don't have to comment. No, 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 no. I'll leave it with this one story because Malice loves it when I tell this story because it's just it's just so funny, but it also sets the precedent of like why I have so much respect and admiration for him. Okay. Because he is a good guy. Mm-hmm. Like every single time I see him, he's like, oh, yo, what's up, Tunan? Like, how you been? Like, Dope. how you doing? Like, he doesn't act fresh with me. Okay. Like, you know, like. That's awesome. We, we, we work together. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I worked more for his brother, but he, he's always treated me with respect once he felt that I earned it, okay. right? So the thing was, it's not like he gives you respect, but not the way that most people would. Okay. He, he's like, I know you're here. You're with us. You're taken care of. That's it. Yeah, you family. Like, in, in a way, you family. Right. But it's extended family. Got, yeah. he's, he's not treating you like family. He's treating you like, as extended family. Like, you're with us. Yep. We're good. Yep. So on my uh, first day of tour, we, we did a show, but it was like one of those like really quick. We got off the plane. I was actually meeting them. They were coming from L.A. I was coming from uh, Norfolk, Virginia. Okay. And so we flew into Denver, and we did a show in Boulder, hopped on a bus immediately, went out right after the show. And then um, it was crazy because I woke up at 7 in the morning. I heard like uh, the TV in the front of the bus. So, like, the way the bus is set up, in the front, in the front, there's a lounge area. Okay. So, like, there's a driver, then there's, like, a big stretch of a lounge area. Then in the middle, there's, like, um, a few bunks for you to sleep in. And then at the back of the bus, there's, like, another lounge, but it's in, like, a U-shape with, like, TVs, video games, and all that stuff. Um, So, I woke up from the bunk. How many people in this bus, ballpark? Dude, it was no one. It It was the driver... Malice, uh, Push, me. They had Ab Liva there because um, that's their boy from Philly who was like featuring a couple songs. Their DJ, and then the road manager. So and seven you, people all together. Eight, you being you. Did I, I forget if I named me or so. Eight, yeah, eight, yeah. Okay. So it's no one. Right. It's no one. And, and they didn't tour with merch or any of that. So there's like nothing to really carry on. There's no one on this bus really. It's very spacious. And I remember waking up at 7 in the morning and, like, uh, <laughs> thinking, oh, everyone was still asleep. And I was like, I heard the TV. 
got out of my bunk, pulled the curtain, saw that Push was sitting there. I was like, oh, cool. Like, I love Push, like, and his lyrics and everything. Like, this is a good time for me to talk to him because I'd, I'd already worked with Malice for about like a month or two at this point. And I wasn't even originally supposed to go on tour. I was filling in for someone else. Okay. Like, they had a videographer, uh-huh. but the videographer had to bail for personal reasons. So they're like, we're only shooting behind the scenes stuff. Come on tour with us. Okay. So, like, I went up to the front and Push was sitting on, like, you know, it's, um, it's, it's kind of, I don't know how to explain it. It's like how your chair's set up. Two chairs like this, okay. right? So imagine another chair on this side. Facing me. Right. Okay. So there was a TV. Push is sitting where you're sitting. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe in the corner, kind of lounging back a little bit. The TV's in the corner right okay. here. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I sit on the other side. Right here. Uh, right. And I'm okay. thinking, okay, this is a good time for me to introduce myself, talk a little bit more, and see what's up. And he's, <laughs> he's uh, watching a documentary on Pablo Escobar. Okay. I don't know how long he's been up, but, but I know for a fact. But also his name is Pusha T. I'm right. your Pusha. Right. And he's watching Pablo Escobar. I know for a fact it's 7 a.m. He looks wide awake, by the way. Okay. So he's sitting there lounging, watching this documentary. Behind, like, like right, 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 right. Okay. Turned away from, uh, from like my view. I sit down across from him, and I start watching the documentary, and I can instantly feel his eyes burning on me as soon as I sit down. And then I sit there for a good like minute or two, and I look over at him, and I'm like, hey, what's up, man? And he doesn't say anything. But he's staring at you. But he's still staring at me. He doesn't blink. And I'm like, all right. So we look back at the TV. I look back at the TV, and I can still, <laughs> I'm still feeling his eyes burn on me. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I think there's no way he can continue this. I test it. You're going to wait it out. I just wait it out. Uh-huh. And I, it felt like forever, but it was like about five minutes. Okay. Because I remember- a, Not even a commercial break. I remember going through like a whole section of like Pablo Escobar's <laughs> life, and like- I'm sitting there and I'm like, all right, I'm going to look back over to him. And I'm like, hey, man, what's going on? And the first thing he ever said to me was, who, uh, what, he goes, why are you significant to me? Oh, shit. He didn't ask who I was. No, that, no that, that, that is a profound question. He I like that question. Verbatim was, why are you significant to me? That is amazing. Like, I kinda- I'm 20 years old at this time. Yep. And I look over, I'm like, oh, well, you know, like I've been working with your brother and he asked me to go on tour because um, this person couldn't yep. come along and, um, you know, anything you need, like anything that I help your brother out with, I'm down to help you out with. And he said, no, why are you significant to me? Ooh. Ooh. And I said, all right, man, well, it was good talking to you. And I just go back to my bunk, and I lay there for a good hour before anyone else wakes up. Just waiting for other people to wake up. <laughs> and then, yeah, no, no, but, like, it's crazy because, like, me and Malice are still tight. And he was like, yeah, you know, like, my brothers always have the highest level of respect for you. And, you know, whenever I talk to him and when I see him out, he always looks out for me, makes sure that, like, uh, I'm in good standing with everything and... 
it's really cool. Like he did a concert back, uh, I want to say like seven, eight months ago. And like, you know, set me up with tickets, hung out and all that stuff. That's and it awesome. was cool. Like he, he doesn't, he remembers everybody. Mm-hmm. He's a really, really genuine person. But the thing is, it's like he's business oriented and how, I can't fault that. How are you significant to me? That's a phenomenal question. Like, like I, from a business standpoint. Right. Like that's that like who are you is not relevant to me. It's just a crazy thing because, like, you're thinking, like, I know when, when, I, when I look at, like, the picture and how it was painted all around, I'm like, okay, yeah, I wasn't supposed to go on tour. I know your brother asked me to go on here, and it's all cool. And for that to be your first question, it, it says a lot because, like, when, when, the, when the Drake situation happened, um, it didn't surprise me one bit. Knowing who he is, right, right, it didn't surprise me one bit. I put up actually a Facebook post that joked about like um, another interaction where I was like, "There's this one time when I was on tour, and um, like Pusha T like joked me for how tight my pants were, and I was like, from that day on, I never knew I, I knew never to like mess with him and everything like that. Right, right, like, just right. just kind of like making a lighthearted comment, but that happened, and I remember how hurt my feelings were. Like, straight up. Like, I don't know why, but his words cut like a knife. Because like, I think, because he's that dude. Like, I can, I can see, like, don't get me wrong. I've never met him. I've right. seen enough interviews. Right. We just sit there and go, like, he could be joking, but he says it in a way that's like, I hurt. <laughs> you know, like, fuck, stop talking. I remember, I remember the w- one time I made him laugh about something really stupid, right? And I was like, oh, I did good. I did good today. I did good today. (laughs) I'm going to never show up ever I don't fear any man, really. You know, like there's people that like, you know, you don't really want to mess with any, you know. And and, and it's not that I fear him, but like like in regards to that. But it's just kind of like I'd never been so shook off of like a first initial reaction. There's people that are big and scary. Big and scary doesn't scare me. Right. But just that interaction yeah yeah but no i I, significant i I, I think that that is a phenomenal question like i think that's such a profound question it's like i don't care what you do i don't care where you've been i don't care how like you sitting here on the tour bus i don't care that that like what is what's not i want to say what's in it for me because that's not that's right but it's like how do you fit into my life right and that is not, I don't think that's a question that's asked enough. And it's an unfair question. I don't want to make it seem like this guy was like a jerk or anything because he wasn't. Right. But no, no, no. And, and, and I think that that is, I think that is the most valid, like, I don't want your resume, right? I don't want um, what you bring to the table. How I want you to figure out how, pitch me on how you fit into my life. Right. It, it was. It was crazy because, like, throughout tour, he was just like, yo, where's Tunan? Is he good? All That's right, awesome. Let's go. Yeah. Like, he didn't ask, like, oh, how are you doing? Right, right, right. We're good. Tunan's good. Let's go. Let's go. Shout out to Pusha T. Shout out to Clips. Shout out to Malice. Virginia Beach. Yeah. Two up, two down. Two up, two down. <laughs> two up, two down. 
Okay. Okay. So did you uh, did you play with them at all? Um, not not as a duo. Okay. Right. So like um, with Malice, I helped out with like his music directing and everything like okay. that, and, and it was a lot of fun. It was cool to like turn hip hop beats into live instrumentation. And I worked with a phenomenal like stock of like musicians. Mm-hmm. He actually kind of found most of them, to be honest with you unintentionally just because he was working with a couple of other peoples and to be on the same page professionally with other musicians. Um, it's great because I know that there's a lot of people that want to make it in a band and everything, but there's a lot of people that don't refine their craft. Mm. You know, like I grew up as a band geek. I learned my scales. I learned everything like that. <laughs> right. And then there's just people that want to be YouTube stars and I'm not knocking them. Like, but if you're going to do that, refine your craft. Yeah. Like, Yep. Like be be very uh, articulate learned, and mart- meticulous about what you do. I learned how to play ukulele, right? Uh, not well. I can play songs, right? But that's because I learned. I I taught myself right. how to play songs. Not scales. Yeah. Not not theory. Not like if you go, hey, can you do the? I can't. Right. You want to play but this I mean, song? If, you're, if you if you get lucky with it, I'm not knocking you either because yeah. obviously you're talented enough to get your thing out. But it's I'm all saying, by ear. Just if you want to be in that caliber, yeah. you know, yeah. oh. I got to step out real quick. Oh, you going pee? A little bit. Okay. Breaking a seal. Ah, it's fine. It's fine. Go for it. No, that I think that, um, and that is kind of where I am with a lot of things is, is like, I learn how to do something, uh, in, in a way that's like, oh, this is, I want to learn to play this song. So I'm going to figure out how, how do I learn to play this song? It's not a matter of like, oh, I want to learn how to play well enough to play this song. I just like, oh, let me just figure out the chords. Let me figure out uh, the things that I need to know. Give me the bass. Give me the bass of it. And that's a lot of things in my life. Like, I don't think I want to be a master of uh, most things. I have a lot of hobbies. Uh, I know how to sew. Am I going to be a seamstress? Steamstresser? The masculine version of shoes is I'm not. Uh, I know how to hem pants. I, I know how to like put some shit together, but that's about it. And and maybe that's just the definition of where we are. Is like, oh, I just want to be able to accomplish X Y Z tasks, but I don't want to master it. Um, and I think that's kind of uh, both an attention span thing for me. Where it's like, ah, let me just, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's an infatuation that just needs to be, yeah, that. <laughs> A few beers in, we're fine, we're fine. Uh, what are we, an hour and 54 minutes, hey. So... Um. Yeah, I, lear- I learned I learned to play ukulele and just enough to go. Uh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be good at it. I just want to be good at this one very specific portion of it. And I'm sure it shows because I didn't learn it well enough to know. Like, oh, you're not actually good at it. It doesn't sound good. It just sounds like you're mimicking sounds. You go, yeah, that's that sounds about right. I don't think I want to um I don't want to be a master of it. 
I want to master comedy. I want to master the business of it, and I want to master the art of it. But when it comes to playing instruments, it's like, ah, let me just let me just impress some people. That's not the way to go about things, unless you just want to impress people. How are you? I'm well. You know what? If um, you're watching this video, you should go back to um, the beginning of this and see how not red I am. Ah, no, we're both red. That's fine. I, I'm, I'm warm. Are you warm? I'm good. Okay. I'm warm. But uh, You want to play some music? I, I can. Yeah, I let's can. play a little music. Um, Oh, and I, I looked. There was a guitar on the side. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I I did look it up. Mario is from Baltimore. Wow, you know who else is from uh, that area? Drew Hill. Cisco. Oh yeah, Drew Hill. You yeah. were all saying Cisco. There is a place in in Baltimore called Druid Hill. Oh, yeah, that's Druid. 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 Yeah, like the. Yeah. Yeah, Drew, for short. So this is how I met him. We we did an event at uh, the Block in Virginia. Yeah, that place is cool. Which is like the spot. It's like the spot. But in Virginia. But in Virginia. Well, the Block came first. Not here to cut that out. But uh, I was impressed and I was like, I like you as a friend. Can you give, a little, can you give us a little bit of a uh, little bit of clips? <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. Um, no, you probably. <laughs> but, no, I could play the I could play the riffs, but nothing. we're literally two hours in. Like I don't two know, hours in. I don't, I don't know where we're going with this. <laughs> what do you What do you got for us? Um, you know, it's funny. I I had an idea of what to play. I was gonna play something original, but I feel like because this is like the first time we're doing something. No, no, pl play original. Fuck no, 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 no. We're I don't two hours it. in. If they're already, if they're still here, they're, <laughs> they're still, still here. They're still here. They're not leaving. <laughs> uh, Wait, how long have you been playing guitar? Oh gosh, I, I guess officially I've been playing for fourteen years. And but but the thing, but um, unofficially, eight nine. I, I just didn't. I just didn't really like um, take it seriously. I was a drummer for oh. ten years before. Well, not ten years before, but I was a drummer for ten, twelve years. That's what I focused on primarily. And it wasn't until like I felt no one in the area was playing the music that I wanted to play drums to mm -hmm. that I started playing guitar. So I mean, it's just kind of yeah. I just kind of picked up as like something almost, to kind of off a necessity. Oh yeah, but it was just kind of like. Well, if I can play guitar, I can teach it to somebody, and then they'll play the guitar parts I want, and then I'll drum. Uh, and I never went back to drumming. Okay, so uh, you play a lot of covers. Like, that's kind of some of your things you do. Yeah. What's the worst cover that you play that you don't like playing? Well, it's actually one of my favorite covers, okay. but in this day and age, it's not very appropriate. It's um, Ignition Remix by R. Kelly. Uh, you know, like it's it's kind of it's a little tough. Yep. 
Yeah. It's a little tough given the dynamics of what it is. Because I used to open my shows with that because I'd play a lot of weekend shows and bar shows and everything mm-hmm. like that. And people would really vibe out and get like really excited about that stuff, you know? I got to work on this on the stand. No, if no, you... this, is, this is still good. <laughs> but like, it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, ah, oh, bummer. Like, it's un- bummer, bummer in the sense that like I can't play the song. It's unfortunate. Rightfully so because yeah. of what? He's a monster. Right. And it's unfortunate because. You know, uh, artists on one side are just damaged people on the other. It's 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 crazy. I, I think people forget that sometimes. Yeah, I mean, in order to be a good producer of things, like you lack somewhere else. Maybe you don't have to be a monster, but I mean, yeah. as a comedian, look at some of the great comedians. They they're flawed humans. Yeah, it's 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 weird because you're doing this all of as a form of expression and then now it has to be a, a business model, right? Yep. So I don't know. Well, that got, di- that got, that yeah. got sad real quick. <laughs> what do you, what do you got for us? All right. Um, I, I was only going to play a snippet. Fuck it. Whatever. I will, how about this? Play a fan favorite cover and then play something original. I'm challenging him. He was gonna play. He's gonna have the guitar the whole time, but he's like, "No, nah, I want to talk about being me." Like, okay, maybe next time. Maybe next time we'll have you just sing the whole time. <laughs> All right. Um... Man, I've had so much beer. I hope that this sounds good still. They might not know. They might know. They might not know. Your wife's asleep. I don't want to Don't yell. worry about it. No, she's not know. asleep. Oh, she's not? She's not asleep. She's not asleep. Okay. And she's Filipino, so if you play a cover, she's probably singing to herself <laughs> in there. Okay. She has a microphone not plugged into anything. <laughs> I, um... I just got really shy all of a sudden. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> You could hear his balls go back into him. <laughs> I'm going to play a, uh, actually a song from a YouTube guy. Okay, go for it. His name's Gabe Bundock. He's a Filipino guy. Ooh, so. Filipinas. It's his song? Yeah. Shout out to Gabe. You run your fingers cross my lips. No, I've never felt like this before. No, 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 no. And I know I'm young, but I know love. And I know I'd know an angel if I saw one But I know very well Gentlemen don't kiss and tell I promise I won't tell the world If you say you want to be my girl In your own words 
that's the first snippet. <laughs> why, why, why did you choose that song? And how did you find that song? I found that song. I'm actually not a fan of YouTube stars. Bullshit. No, no, I'm not. Because okay. like, um, I don't think there's anything wrong, but I just feel like it's just so like, it wasn't a stereotype. But it became kind of a stereotype for like Asian people to go on YouTube, mm-hmm. do covers, and then get discovered. But it's not that I don't like them as artists. I just felt like it became an unofficial way of setting a glass ceiling on yourself, right? Okay. Because a lot of there's a lot of talented YouTube stars, um, and they're very great at playing guitar and singing mm-hmm. and doing all these things, but they never blow it up big. And it's because, I mean, so you so, have a few stories of people doing yeah, it. Yeah. So my thought is this: like, uh, so as an acting background, uh, one of the actors that was kind of one of my mentors, he was like. I mean, do you want to make, like, if you can make more money acting right. than you would be making at Best Buy? Right. Like, that's called a working actor. Like, you're, you're, you're Absolutely. making a living. So, the thing is, like, if you go around uh, and people come to see you and, you know, you do covers, 50% covers, 50% right. your own music, you sell your own CDs, like, and you make more than what you would work working on Best Buy isn't that kind of the dream I'm not faulting them for doing what they do by by any means I'm not saying it's a wrong path I just think like it just sucks to see like when you go down that route to have that ceiling hit you and and it's like I I don't really know what the dynamic and what the justification is for it Mm -hmm. Um, because I don't think it's on the artists I think it's on the expectation of whatever that the other side is, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you see your Tori Kelly, you see your like your Justin Bieber, mm-hmm. um, but you don't see a lot of these like, and a lot of the ones that get really popular for their covers, like even Gabe Bundock and everything like that. And I don't know if it's like uh, a situation thing, but I know AJ Raphael mm-hmm. um, got really really popular, but he hit a plateau in it. You know what I mean? But I feel like AJ Raphael and um, shout out to my favorite YouTube star ever, Akina Granis. Akina uh-huh. Granis. Uh, I feel like people will show up to their shit and they could not play any music, and people would be just happy to be. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But I, I, I think it's unfair to them because they don't get elevated on a higher platform, and I think they're deserving of it. It's not knocking them for what they've done or what route they've chosen because. L- to be fair and let's let's admit it um they would be them doing the youtube stuff mm-hmm. elevates them to a level that they might not have gotten i don't think most of them would get to that like the best that they'd be getting at is right. basically playing the back room of tgi fridays on a friday oh, yeah. night and barely making ends meet to the point i, I love melissa polliner mm-hmm. and i wish that i think she's got some of the best songwriting i've ever heard and I wish it was a little bit better for her, mm. you know? I think that, uh, you know, as a comic, I, I, and, and I try to look at it as a comic, it's like, I don't see a downside. But then again, I'm not doing Chris Rock's material, and people aren't coming to see me yeah. do Chris Rock's material. So I guess I can sort of understand, right? but I feel like getting on the radar is better than not not anything at all yeah because uh, you're still doing the work do i want to have a sellout bar show 
or do I want to work on uh, the Metro? You know, like, right. I feel like I'd rather have a sellout show. I'm not faulting them for, for it at all. Mm-hmm. I just, I wish the parameters were different because mm-hmm. I think, and, and and this might be like a, um, I remember there was one point, and I didn't mean to smack my lips through that thing, so if that picks it up, sorry. Um, there was an instance where I felt like, oh, I was going to really do it, but Asian people weren't marketable in the eyes of that stuff. And I know that's another conversation, um, and I don't mean to open up that can of worms, but Too late. I feel, <laughs> I just feel like <laughs> when, when YouTube existed yep. and that following became a thing, I felt like it, you were just kind of typecasting a little bit. So this is for you guys. This is sort of why I really wanted to do this because having this conversation is like uh, we're shifting from the typecast to the, you know, from the typecast to the uh, pigeonholing to the attention span, you know, and, and I really think like where you can draw attention is where you can draw a crowd. Right. And, and this is like people like you they like your story they like your stories they like where you're from all of these things and their music they can like that as well but it's it's more of a a biography than a product you know um yeah i can i can dig that yeah in in as a comic that's the same thing it's like I need people to come to see me for me, not because like, oh, it's a comedy club. It's a Friday. I've got nothing better to do. Like that, that business model is done. Yeah. So it's like, oh my God, Tunan is coming to town. Uh, he's coming to a town that's like an hour away. I'm going to fucking get a babysitter and I'm going to drive out there. And, and I think that's really where it is now because even though we have got this, you can watch this interview, you can watch this podcast, but uh, to be able to be in a room with only 300 other people, 400 other people like that's a different experience like you're paying the $20 cover charge for that and I think that's kind of different than where we're used to so people want to see you they want to hear your music sure you give them you give them a little bit of sweet you know here's a song you like here's a song you don't know here's a song you might have been familiar with here's a song that I wrote you know yeah and I think um I think things are changing a little bit so where you can market doesn't matter where you can market you're marketing you Right. It's like, oh, I'm this weird, quirky little... No, you're you. Let's sell you. (laughs) What else you got for us? All right, so after one sappy song, here's another. (laughs) Uh, Do you you have something something original? uh, Yeah, so this is going to be an original. Um, Can they get this anywhere, or is this no? Yeah, so, you know, this song is... um, I, I think it's really hard to find on YouTube. Okay. Because it's it's kind of an old song, and I don't know. Whenever I try to search it, it's it's kind of hard to find. But if you go to my um, fan page, which I never update, and Woo! hopefully that will that'll be revamped on yep. Facebook and everything. Um, if you just look up, um, I think it's uh, facebook.com slash tunonvujams. So Spell the number that. two, N O N V is in Victor U Jams J A M S. Um, You'll be able to find it. This song is called To My Wife. I wrote it when I was not married. 20. <laughs> Still not married. 
uh, very, very uh, dry streak I've been going on. Um, but I, I wrote the song. Can we marry me? No. Will you right. marry me? No. <laughs> so this song was written, when, I think, when I was 23. Um, I was working on a solo album, and I put it out, and I actually took it off all um, online platforms um, because the the thing, and I, th- I think you can agree to this, like, I know that the work that I do isn't humorous, but it's still an expression of self, right? Okay. Yep, so yep. sometimes, uh, I'm sure with your jokes, you feel like, ah, uh, this is a little dated. Not because it's like actually outdated from the relevancy of the world, but it's outdated in the sense of who you are as a person. Yes. So I'm telling at this point, even though I wrote the joke for me, and right. I, at some point I was telling the story as me, now I feel like I'm telling the story Right. As somebody else, for somebody else. Right. So when I released the album, it, it was kind of like, I can't relate to this music anymore. Because with live instrumentation, it takes a long time. And then it was two years out from when I started performing. And I was like, I don't really relate to this stuff anymore. So, this. So by the time, like, when you're like, oh, I wrote it. I'm recording it. By the time it got recorded, by the time it got pressed, by the time it got out, you're like, I'm not this guy anymore. I'm not this guy anymore. Wow. So um, this song, I think, still applies because, well, <laughs> not to sound sappy and sad or anything. Too but late. I'm no, crying. No, no, you know, I, I'm, um, being single is very awkward in this day and age. And I think that there's a certain level of, um, I, I know that I, I still believe in chivalry. So this song Because you're from the South. Because I'm from the South. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. South Vietnam is a crazy place. Don't <laughs> me. <laughs> but um, so the song is called To My Wife. And, uh, like it, two as in you? No. Ah, two uh, non-wives. <laughs> but the song was basically um, an expression of commitment to whoever would be my wife. And So is this like, is this like a wedding song? Would like people listen to this for their wedding? Uh, it's kind of awkward because the first line is to my wife that I have not yet met. So I guess it wouldn't be completely inappropriate, oh, but it's kind of a little sappy, right? Okay, go for it. Right. Don't, don't let me stop you. To my wife that I have not yet met. I'm growing up and taking proper steps to become the best man I can. I'm keeping promises to myself. You can't tempt me with nobody else. I'll be honest, I'll be true to you. And I'll never want to let you down And I never want to let you down No, but I'll make mistakes and make it up somehow So you will want to walk down 
the aisle in that white dress to say yes. How do they? Is this on iTunes? Where where can they get this? No, I think I think the best way is to just go on my uh, that Facebook page I said, which is uh, facebook.com slash tuneonvujams. Two the number two number two n o n v u jams j a m j a m s s okay yeah and then uh, just scroll down find the music video and watch it that way. Is that on YouTube? It's on YouTube. It's just hard to find. Hashtag it. Like put a I hashtag should. on there that's like something specific. That's not. I used to hashtag everything ghost fart. Okay. It I was. Mean, uh, it was. A, it's a Nick Swardson joke. Gotcha. I yeah. Didn't, uh, that, Nick you know. You know. You, you know. You know. It's funny is that I love that I said Nick Swardson. You're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It's it's one of those things. Like I, I like Nick Swardson as a person. He's always he's always like treated. Me as a person, which is all you can ask for. Oh, for you comedians. met Nick Swartzen. Yeah, yeah. Oh. many times. And he's the thing with Nick Swartzen is like it was his brand of comedy is great when you're in college. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> talk about being dated. <laughs> yeah, and I love him because that's who he is. But like, that's not who I am anymore. Right. You know when right. I when I met him, it's like. Yeah, like this, all of his shit makes sense. And now I'm like almost 40, and he's, I think he's, he's he is 40. Yeah, he's 40 plus. And you sit there and go, like, I don't think I can hang anymore. Like, it's not you. Go, go do you, but I can't do it anymore. Well, it's like, like, it's like, you know, when you used to be like the rager in your group, and yep. then like you get settled down and have kids, and it's like, yeah, that's not me. I'm, Except for when the blue moon comes yeah. out. I used to be, I used to be the fun enforcer. <laughs> like people invite me to their bachelor party because right. they knew, like I knew how it was gonna get down. Right. That's it. Like, <laughs> oh, if he's in, if he's in the building, it's gonna be fun. Doesn't matter. Like, we'll yeah. be stranded on an island somewhere. It doesn't matter. He's gonna have. We're gonna have a good time. So right. um, now, when I look at like some of Nick Swartzen's new material, you sit there and go, like, I get it, but it's I, I can't. It's not me anymore. It's funny because it's like I saw him. Do you stand up last year? Yeah. Here? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw him do stand up uh, at MGM last year. Oh, shit. And he did MGM? He did MGM. Was it, was it a packed house? It was pretty full. Pretty full. Yeah. It was, it was primarily full. Okay, good. Good, um, good. Because on, on that's... On that's a good a, side. That's a big room. Uh, MGM must be, must be 3K plus. Oh, yeah? It's, I, I think it's... Wow. I mean, you were there, so you tell me, but it looks... It's so. It's hard for me to gauge, mm-hmm. like, because a lot of the concert venues I did when I was with Clips and everything... Um, it was probably 10. No, no. Really? It's not 10. Well, you got to think, like, with them, they've got a cult following. They've built this brand of being of a course. cult following. So, like, when you're looking at music venues, a lot of the times with the places that they play, it's not seated. Mm, so then it. when you see it seated it's spread out it's different space. for me yep. to like to like really gauge but i don't think you would be wrong for saying like anywhere between like 1500 to like three or four i feel that as far as like venue like theaters are concerned right 1500 1500 people is big for a venue but right. like for a theater it's like 15 depending on how it's spaced it can be kind of claustrophobic Right, like Dar. Have you been to uh, okay Constitution Hall? That's three K. I, I, 
Okay, continue. But um, no, his stuff was it was funny because like he's still telling the same jokes, but he's telling it from a perspective of like, yeah, I know I'm an adult. Like, that's awesome. He's like, yeah, I did this, and I want you to know I'm 40. Like, and it's like, oh man, that just kind of makes it in a sense a little bit funnier because it's like we know you're a grown ass man. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, I've I've met him a bunch of times. I've hung out with him a bunch of times, and he's just kind of like. You know, there, there's some comics who are like don't want to be associated with like quote unquote open micers or like young comics, but he was just like, "You're here, I'm here. Let's just fucking you drinking, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. are you drinking? We're drinking because we're drinking. Are you drinking? Let's yeah. drink." And you know, that's as far as like a young comic when I met him. That's yeah. all you could ask for. It's like let me just be in the room. Like right. all I ask is to be in the room. Right. Um. So yeah, Nick Swartzen. Okay. Uh, what else? Do you, uh, what do you? Let's see if we can't wrap it up in two and twenty minutes. What? Uh, what do you got coming up? Anything? Anywhere? Anywhere people can see you? So, um, I will be playing in DC at Seasons and Sessions, June twenty first. Okay. I haven't promoted it yet. We're just trying to wrap up some small details. Uh, it's all confirmed and everything. We're just trying to make sure logistically everything's good. Where is it at? Seasons and Sessions in Washington, D.C. Okay. Um, in Adams Morgan. Okay. Oh, cool. Great place. Yep. Um, I love playing there. It's a small hole-in-the-wall bar. I'm not even familiar with that. Oh, man. It's, it's so great because, like, it's really the bartender's bar. Okay. It's nothing fancy, but it's where a lot of local bartenders go to hang out. Is that by Bird or is it on the other uh, – Songbird or is it on the other side? It's, it's No, no. It's by Songbird. It's uh, – Okay. I'd say it's maybe eight shops down. Yeah. Walking away from the Mickey D's. Okay. So past Mickey D's, past Songbird, past Madam's Oregon. Okay. A couple of spots down. Yeah. The place is great. I love it. I'll have to check it out. Especially yeah. if you're there. Let me, let me know the dates. I'll definitely hang out. Yeah. Um, what else you got? Anything else? I'm working on some new music. Um, but if you take it off fucking iTunes and YouTube and everything, it's not going to matter. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Maybe I need to revamp and put that stuff back out. I think, you know, as a comic, when I look at my material, it's like, yes, even though I'm not that person anymore, yeah, there's still people that are there. Right. And it still speaks to those people. Right. And I, and I think that music is that thing that transcends. Like, I'm still listening to shit that, you know, the people are dead and gone. Yeah, but we're still listening to the music because, for whatever reason, I'm at that place that relates to me. So you don't play it, fine. I'm sure there's musicians that. It's funny that song that I just played. I still get requests for it. I think that's a, and not in a derogatory term, but that is a hundred percent chick song where chicks go. Right. I want a guy that sings that song. <laughs> I had I had a girl come up to me after a show, and she's like. So uh, you're definitely getting laid tonight, right? And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, you played that song. And I was like, I think it was a very genuine song. Are we fucking? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, right now it's just me and you. So if I'm getting laid... So you, you so, back? yeah, yeah, we we both. No, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Ah, Lie to me, I'm married. No, no, no. Um, no, I think I, I think that you know uh, music could be passive income. Yeah, for where it's sure. like it's on iTunes, and sure, five people buy it every other month. 
whatever, but it's still right. passive income, you know? Right, right. No, I, I agree. I think I've just always grown up and we can save this for another um, conversation, but I think I just grew up with um, around a single mom, three sisters, and we were always taught in... Your dad wasn't around. Um, he passed away when I was seven. So, so, he, so he got you here. Got me here, was in the States for like five, six years, and then passed away, right? To and then dad. so, yeah, to my dad to for sure. Dad. What's his name? Tuk. Tuk. Tuk Vu. Yeah. And so um, he goes and um, it was just kind of one of those things where when he passed away, I think I grew up with a without a father figure so it made me very sensitive and I grew up in a very you have to be modest about everything which in this industry in entertainment in general you can't be modest you yeah. kind of have to get after yours you, you, you can be modest to an extent but you have to get after what you feel like you deserve it's like that weird thing of like squeaky wheel gets the oil but the, the, the nail that sticks out gets hammered yeah. It's like that weird thing. And in comedy is the same thing. Right. So I know you don't know, and I'm sure they don't know, but I own the domain Asian King of Comedy. Oh. Dot com. Like straight up. Like I own it. Wow. Nobody owns it. So the weird thing is like that is way beyond what I think that I should be, but it's like it's marketing. It's 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 right. a it's something that's like, hey, what's your website? AsianKingComedy.com. It'll get you to, you know, everyone remembers that shit. Yeah. It feels weird. But, because that's the way I was raised. But you know what's funny is that, like, I sit there and I tell people all the time, like, no, you got to get after yours. Like, you know, if you feel like you deserve it, go get it. But I can't, I can't. It's easy to give somebody advice and take your own advice, right? So... That's funny because we are here because I told you <laughs> that I need to do this. Yes. Yeah. On that note, two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. We have a lot to talk about. No, this is going to be something we do often. We'll refine it. <laughs> we'll figure this out. We'll, yeah. And then we'll get into, we'll figure out what makes best. Yeah, this so. is Game of Thrones. Okay, so uh, before we get out of here, Tunan Vu, how do every how would one find you and spell it out? Follow me on IG, Instagram, at two n o n v u. That's Tunan Vu. Two is the number two. Yes, two is the number two. Two non Vu. And it's funny because I met him. I was like, oh, I guess he's not a voo. He's two people that are not voos. <laughs> but then he's like, you're a fucking idiot. I'm like, you're right. I am. And, uh, but you got to plug your stuff too, man. Like, Yeah. my uh, Loy Lee Comedy. L-O-Y-L-E-E Comedy. Uh, at Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Black Planet. Wherever you are, <laughs> I'm there. I'm there. And um, you can find me. Uh, my podcast is Short, Pale, and Handsome. Spelled out, short, pale. It's great, by the way. It's great. I love it. He said he listened to like six episodes, and I was like, and that's Asian to me. I'm just kind of like, oh, shit. He knows everything about me. Fuck. <laughs> but no, I, I enjoy it. It's uh, every Monday, and what we're going to do is we're going to do this weekly or at least try to do it weekly. He's going to have more music for you because that's important. 
Yes. Yes. More music. And I will be less drunk. Probably not. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Let's keep this going. Let's keep this going. I love it. But I appreciate you guys. Uh, follow us. Follow you. And um, I appreciate you. Put your comments below. Like, subscribe, rate. And uh, we'll talk to you later.